<laughs> Pot of gold. Hello, and welcome to another exciting episode of Ramble by the River. I'm your host, Jeff Nesbitt, and we've got a great show for you today. It is Saturday, October 30th, 2021. It's Halloween week. Ooh, spooky. I love Halloween. Halloween's fun, you know, the kids love it. Everybody kind of brightens up a little bit on Halloween, which is funny because it's a holiday celebrating, uh, you know, death and the macabre, the occult, all those crazy, scary, confusing words. And, uh, no, I'm just kidding. It's not. It's about candy. It's about candy, and it maybe used to be about some pagan stuff. You know, I don't even know. I should have researched that. That'd be a good thing for this intro, but I didn't. Today, I'm I'm not bringing that information to you. Today, I'm just trying to introduce my guest, but first, a few announcements. We got merch. Finally got some merch. T-shirts coming your way for subscribers of the Patreon page. Royal Ramblers, they are going to receive a custom, beautiful, exclusive T-shirt with the Ramble by the River logo, and it's really cool. I'm excited about it. Ramble by the River is supported by the listeners. Get on over there and sign up at patreon.com slash river, And you're going to have to do that through a web browser. I was informed by a friend that they couldn't find me in search when they used the Patreon app. So do it through a web browser. Uh, and it's you just go use that URL, patreon.com slash river, And it'll take you straight to the sign-up page. If you sign up first through a web browser, then you can download the app after that and sign in. And I'll already be on your phone. Patreon's where we have our exclusive content. It's a little bit spicier sometimes, you know. It's a little bit behind the scenes, some of that exclusive hot content. So if you're interested in that stuff or you want to support the show or you just feel like being in the Cool Kids Club, get on over there to patreon.com slash ramblebytheriver. Shout out to Emily Bassoni, our newest member of the Royal Ramblers. Emily will be getting a t-shirt in the mail. Thank you, Emily, for signing up. It's good to have you. If you have already signed up for Patreon and you want to get your shirt, you got to go into your account on Patreon and make sure that you have your size and they have your address correct. So it's pretty simple. All you do is sign into your Patreon, go up and click on the profile pic in the right-hand corner, and that will open a little menu for you. Click Manage Membership. Under Memberships, click the T-shirt link. Select your size, add shipping address, bippity-boppity-boop, you're getting a shirt in the mail. This will happen after three payments automatically. These are really nice shirts. Each one of them cost me wholesale 17 bucks, I think. 17 something. And so that's why it's after three months. I wish it could be right away, but, you know, I got to pay for the shirts. So, yeah, that's how it is. It was either that or having to up the subscription cost, and I don't want to do that. So this is the way we're doing it, and it's going to be really cool. I hope everyone can get behind it and support the show. So Halloween, huh? Halloween. I always did love Halloween. You know me, I love candy, fantasy, make-believe, imagination. You know, I like novelty. All these things are on Halloween. It's cool. Halloween's fun. My family did it weird when I was a kid. Not, I mean, not every year, but there's a handful of years in there where, you know, we didn't get the trick-or-treat because there was, like, rumors going around that there was people putting razor blades in the in the candy and you know injecting poison in them with needles i don't know if that actually happened anywhere or not but that was definitely what i was told as a child and i'll be completely honest it barely deterred me 
I'll risk it. I'll risk it for a baby Ruth. But some people, you know, weren't willing to take that risk. So a lot of years, instead of going door-to-door panhandling, basically, in a costume, we would go to church. And the church hosted what they called the Hallelujah Party. And hallelujah for the hallelujah party because it was actually a fucking blast we would go up in there and they had tons of candy razor blade free not poisoned i you know i i was always pretty curious about what was going on out in the secular world you know the out down at the fire hall that's where my friends were all going but you know the church was cool it was really cool we had a cakewalk and i was the master of that thing i mean they were giving out whole cakes I used to take home two or three of those cakes. It was the best. We had a a box tunnel that me and my dad and brothers would build out of windshield boxes. That was always really fun. A couple years in a row we did that. It was like a haunted tunnel. We'd yell scary things at the children through through holes in the box. It was a good time. Really a good time, actually. Ugh, man, sorry. I'm, I'm a little off tonight. My brain is a little foggy because I'm just tired. It's been a long day. I got up at four in the morning and went to work. Worked till a little afternoon and then went out and picked mushrooms for a few hours and picked almost 20 pounds of mushrooms. And then I came home, took a shower, grabbed my computer and loaded up the truck with Elsa and we're, I'm waiting for her to finish her ballet class and I'm recording this intro because I'm a grinder and we get shit done. But I'm sorry if I'm not peppy, you know. I'm trying my best. So my guest today is Annika Walters. Annika went to the same college as me. She went to the same high school as me. I'm pretty sure she went to the same elementary school as me too. We didn't talk about that, but I would be surprised if she didn't. And so we we basically grew up in the same place for the first 20 years of our life. And after college, she took a very different path and pursued her dreams and went out and accomplished them. She's a really impressive person. She's got a master's degree. She's got her dream job with the Associated Press. She's traveled all over the world. She lives in Thailand. She's just a very well-traveled and also hilarious, really fun to be around. I had a great time. You can find Ramble by the River on social media, on Instagram and Facebook at Ramble by the River, and on Twitter at Ramble River Pod. If you need to contact me for guest suggestions or any kind of business inquiries, you can find the email for the show in the show notes for this episode. Check out ramblebytheriver.com if you want to leave a donation or check out the latest episode or see any uh, updates. It's a work in progress, but you know it's improving little by little. So check it out and see how it's going. If this is your first time listening to Ramble by the River, please go over to Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever it is that you're listening to this podcast and leave a review and a five-star rating. I would appreciate it a lot. It really helps the algorithm to spread the show around, and it makes me feel good. So please do it. I would love that, and I would really appreciate it. So thank you in advance. Okay, without further ado, my guest today is the winner of the Give Jeff a DJ Name Contest with a critically acclaimed submission, the name DJ Nasty Bits. That's the name that I... uh that I practiced the art of DJing under just last weekend. And it went over well, so I think it was a good choice. If you're interested in hiring DJ Nasty Bits, the cost is $2,000, and 
you can reach me by finding the email in the show notes. Thank you very much. Okay, without further ado, for real this time, my guest today is funny, she's smart, and she does a killer Denzel Washington impression. Please give it up for Annika Walters. I can really use a change of scenery. Yeah. Everybody's smoking all the greenery. Yeah. Close the matches they were handed down to me. But I'm still fly. I'm still fly. I know. I'm still fly. I'm still fly. Let's go. It could all be worse. I could be a hater like you. It could all be make the man, but that poison's gonna chew you. Chest now, say it with your chest I'm now. Young, I'm free. Can't nobody take me here and now. It's my time to run it out. It's my time. It's my time. It's my time to run it out. I'm young. I'm free. Can't nobody take The volume switch on the front is controlling your headphones. So that's, um, you feel free to adjust that however you want. It won't affect the recording. And yeah, so if you like it loud, you can jack it up. And if not, turn it down. Wow, I'm gonna take my shoes off. Get comfortable. Yeah, make yourself as comfortable as possible. Look at these. For the people listening at home, Jeff has a whole mood going on. We got tea. Oh yeah. I brought my own water, but I didn't need it. Yep, we got water if you need it. Um, You've painted, um, there's like sound, egg crates. What is this? What is this called? Like, uh, soundproofing, foam, squares, I think. There's... When you bought it, what was it? What did it say on the label? I think sound, soundproofing foam squares. Cool. Uh, or panels or something. Not very creative. But the funny thing is, they're exactly the same as like, um, the kind you'd buy to like roll up your valuables in when you're moving. Same, same stuff, different price, way different, like 10 times more expensive for, oh, acoustic panels, that's what they call them. This stuff. Yeah. Acoustic panels, way more expensive. Way more, way more. Um, but you didn't want to use egg crates because. About the same. Yeah, I know. It, I mean, it, mine's kind of a mismatched because I, I bought them as I could afford them and they didn't always have the same colors, but looks better than egg crates. I've been, I've been listening to your show for cool. um, a long time. Um, and my, I, I confess that like in the recent, in my travels and in the, the kind of the hectic process it is to travel right now, I haven't been listening um, recently. So I have some catching up to do, but I, yeah, I'm a long time listener. Right on. First time caller. That's awesome. <laughs> well, good. I'll have to get your input then on yeah. what the next seasons should look like. Okay. Are uh, we doing seasons? Yeah. So after the end of this month, I'm going to take um, a month off, or at the end of November. I'm going to take okay. a month off and not do new episodes for a few weeks and uh, get season two ready. And then, so season two will launch, and I basically I want to just get my brand and, like, the everything that can be kind of 
streamlined, get it streamlined mm -hmm. so I can cut the workload down. Right. It takes like 20 hours a week right now. It's too much. That's, that's that. too much. That's too much work for free. Working too hard. For free. <laughs> well, actually, it's not for free anymore. It, I mean, it, I don't get paid, but the, the podcast at least is getting paid for now by listeners. Oh, good. Shout it, out Patreon, Patreon subscribers. Patreon, yeah. for a dollar. So that's awesome. You too can be a member of the Ram Fam. Head on over to patreon.com slash ramble by the river. That was a really cool thing. I drug my feet on it forever, too, just because I hate asking people for stuff. Yeah. For anything. Yeah. But especially money. But you deserve it. You know, I mean, there's a person. Oh, thank you. The other, um, I don't listen to a lot of podcasts, but I do follow occasionally, what's her name, Evelyn from the Internets. Oh, I don't know that one. Um, she's just all around funny, and she recently took a break and came back with a new channel, new platform, and it's working, you know, and she's mm -hmm. got Patreon subscribers, and so, you know, it doesn't, it, it takes uh, passion, and you, that's what you get paid back in, as yeah. well as dollars, hopefully. Yeah, yeah. The passion is really the, the more enjoyable part, though, and when people actually like the show and they, they talk about it and get excited about it, that's, that's a really good feeling. I it's, do. Uh, it's... Kind of shocking still. It's no, like, it's oh cool. Oh, my God, people actually hear this. Um, it's pretty cool. But anyway, let's get the mic set up. Um, sure. They're probably pretty good, but... Can I mm. hear myself? I can. This is How good. does it sound? It sounds wonderful. All right. Although I'm sure I'll listen to it later and I'll hate the sound of my own voice. Everybody says that, but <clears throat> I don't know. Your voice sounds pretty good so far. Thank you. Okay, so that sounds pretty good. Testing. Just one potato, two potato, three potato, four. That's great. Okay. So we are off and running. So you're in town for just a week, two weeks? Short visit, right? Yes, two weeks. Two weeks. And then other than that, you're living in Thailand? I live in Bangkok, Thailand, yeah. Bangkok, Thailand. The capital. <laughs> okay. So tell me a little bit about Bangkok, Thailand, and treat me as if the only education I have on the subject is from the movie The Hangover 2. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, okay, um, The Hangover 2, and that's all you know about Thailand. Is that really? No. That's okay. But okay. let's just for a, I may not know much more than that. I also know that they love to kick each other. Okay, um, so and, Muay Thai? Yeah. Muay, but Muay Thai is the, the sport, the boxing sport that you... Okay, Muay Thai. Is, yeah, Muay Thai. Probably should know that. Oh, what the fuck? This isn't Joe Rogan. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, I've lived there two and a half years. I moved there in February 2019, and it was really kind of like a random experience. I was already going on vacation there. I was actively planning a trip there, and then about halfway through my trip planning, I had noticed this job um, for the company that I was already working for, and I went and just like kind of stopped by and said hello, and that is kind of how I got my foot in the door, I guess, but it really, I didn't really ever think I was going to get that. Um, I never thought of living there. I never even visited Asia before. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, The Hangover 2 was probably my best reference <laughs> once upon a time. Um, but I've since come to know, you know, learning. Um, uh, I have a Thai tutor. I get paid in Thai bot, the currency. Wow. Um, I have a Thai bank account. Um, I have a Thai driver's license. And, um, Did it, they drive on which side of the road over there? They drive on the opposite side of the so road. So the left? Yeah. Not our side? Well, not our side, oh, yeah. Okay. And everything else is opposite to the steering wheel. But the thing no one tells you is that the windshield wipers and the signal are also opposite. On the side of the steering wheel? 
Like where the the switches mount? They're they're backwards from how you want them to be. Oh. So then um, every time I try to make a turn, I turn the windshield wipers on, and it's really embarrassing. That happens here, too. It does it. (laughs) Yeah, I switch between two different trucks, or three, actually, and... I don't even remember which is which. My hands know it. When I'm in the truck, usually I'll, I'll do the right one. But yeah. on one of them, the windshield wipers is on the left. And on the other one, it's on the right. Oh, yeah. On one of them, it, the windshield wipers is like the switch for the turn signal. It's on the end of the turn signal switch. Mm-hmm. And on the other one, it's mm-hmm. like a flick down. My mom's driving a, a Chevy, like a GMC. Or, wow. The, whatever that is. Same brand, basically. A Yukon. It's a Yukon. Oh, okay. Yeah, those are nice. And um, the switch for the windshield wipers and the blinker are on the same stick. So mm. at least that way I don't get confused. Yeah. I know it's this one. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's a candle. Oh, candle. Yeah, Jade Dragon. You got Buddha up in here. Current moment. Okay, hello, Buddha. Tiny space with poor ventilation. Um, okay, we were talking about Bangkok and yeah. how, how it's, it's so, actually a bigger city than New York City. Really? And it's bigger than L.A. Population-wise or, or size? Uh, both, I think. Huh? I oh, Definitely population size. I think that there's uh, 11 or 12 million people in uh, Bangkok metro. Not that many Americans would probably guess that. Right. And I think New York is like eight or so. Wow. Yeah. yeah. That's crazy. So many people. <laughs> USA, not number one. <laughs> what, what are some things about Thailand that you didn't expect to be like some uh, there's going to be obvious differences but what are some of the things that are not obvious um other than the turn signal situation the turn si- well i'd say that it's um uh at first as like a westerner you kind of have like this you know similar to the opposite road situation when you get in the car in any car that you don't really know there's like you have to take the 5 to 10 minutes to like get to know the car before you start driving and you know the signals here and i all of the all of whatever the functions of the car is and so when you i don't know this is my first time moving to a new country and so i i at first you know you think you know how you should operate you know i i get on the train i go to work i get a ticket i get in the elevator or whatever but you start to notice that, like, just culturally, there are people doing things differently. Um, people generally walk slower. Um, they're just not in as big of a hurry all around, I would say, as Americans or um, Europeans even, maybe. So when I find myself on the sidewalk or I'm, like, getting on a train or I'm even in the elevator, and I, so the person in front of me is always walking so slow, and I get so irritated, and I'm like okay, this is that time when I just have to take the five minutes and, and say that I'm in a car that's not my own. I'm a guest in this in this nation, and um, um, I'm just, I need to adapt to the slower way. And it, it's like a, you know, you kind of have to stop. When you're walking slower, you just kind of reflect on the meaning of life anyway. Yeah, you look around a little bit. Yeah, yeah, you notice things that you haven't. Were you, so. uh, did you think of yourself as a fast walker or a slow walker before you I went over there? I never thought I was a fast walker, but I, I got over there and I started to, uh, just I was in a hurry compared to everyone else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I bet I would be frustrated by that. I feel like I walk faster than everyone here. Mm-hmm. Everyone's walking so slow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'd say the phone, too, the cell phone thing. Um, in, in general, I'd say in public it's not rude to whip out your phone and put it in your face. Like, that's kind of the general way of how you avoid any awkward contact. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's like that here anymore, but... Yeah, it is, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, it's too easy to avoid contact with people. Yeah. But, yeah, they do... People do that here. I try not to. 
But so did you get pretty used to that? Yeah, it's either a dead ignore the phone in the face. I'm putting my hand in front of my face, pretending it's a phone for everyone. Visualize people. Visualize this. Uh, or you smile at people. Like, you mm-hmm. you know, you have to smile with your eyes because everyone has masks on. And if you, like, sometimes if you have that awkward, you, it lingers. The eye contact lingers sometimes with a stranger. You mm-hmm. kind of have to do this nod. Oh, like, yeah. smile and for nod. A <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you don't have to say anything, but just, like, nod your head. Mm-hmm. The Can you say nod. anything? You speak any Thai? I do speak a little Thai. Is it kind of sing-songy? Is that the language I'm thinking of? Like, does it have a, almost like a song-like sound to it? It's tonal. Tonal. That's the word I was looking for. Um, so you have to say a certain word in a certain tone, or else it means something totally different. Ooh, like, that's tricky. It is. So... so how did you learn that? Did you use an app or something? I have a tutor. Oh, okay. I have a, a, a Thai tutor who I used to meet after work every week, but recently we've been doing Skype lessons, and I pay her, I don't know, maybe $15 an hour. To How many baht is that? It's 500 baht an hour. Oh, that's a lot of baht. Yeah, it is. <laughs> 500 baht an hour, and she's very good. Yeah, shout out to Kruja. Sawadika, Kruja, Ka. We'll put her Instagram handle up here. Yeah. <laughs> Anyone who wants to learn Thai, I highly recommend her. Yeah, that sounds really fun, actually. I would like to learn another language. It's good for your brain, Yeah, what they say. It'll make you smarter. Yeah, I find that, like, it's even though it's not connected to, like, it's totally different than Spanish, and I'd say that my Thai is way better than my Spanish at this point because my Spanish is not good. But it makes it, like, the process of learning another language, it, it makes me want to pick up Spanish, and I think I would have an easier time learning it again. Yeah, that maybe that alternate language mechanism in your brain is already a little bit juiced up. Mm-hmm. From learning the Thai. Yeah, the gears are turning. Yeah. So did you move straight from Pacific Northwest to Thailand? Have, I, I know you went to Western Washington University. I did. As did I. Yay. And also, you were the president, That's... which I was always really impressed by. That oh. was congratulations, Thank you. belatedly. Um, that, but that was really cool. And um, so did you go straight from, like, Pacific Northwest life to Thailand? No. After I graduated, I did five years at Western. I had... I, Went so hard in undergrad. I, I, like you said, I was the president of Western Washington University, the Associated Students there. Shout out all the students working hard, students being active and taking advantage of their education. And I double majored. I had a, a communications and journalism degree, and then I had a minor in leadership. Um, and I did, I did five years and three summers there. And when I look back on it like I definitely got my money's worth of, mm-hmm. <laughs> of education <laughs> yeah 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 uh but I feel tired when I think about it too yeah it's an exhausting period yeah. of time yeah so at western what did you say you studied journalism and journalism communication and communication so you're you're working now in journalism right yes what is what is it you're doing I'm a video producer for the associated press in Bangkok oh. wow yeah that's a big organization it is so how'd you get involved in that um, after I graduated from Western, I took a like a gap year, and I actually moved back here to the beach, and I did a year at AmeriCorps. Um, How I, would you like that? Oh, we'll come back to it. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, and then I uh, during that gap year is when I took the GRE test, and then I applied to the Cronkite School at Arizona State University in Phoenix, and that's when I moved to Phoenix. I packed up all my stuff uh, in my Nissan Pathfinder with my boyfriend Kaya, and we drove down, and I started school 
I started a master's program there in sports journalism. And um, that, that was just a year-long program, and it went by so fast. I loved living in Arizona. I loved the weather and Phoenix and the desert scene. And um, so after I had graduated that program, I uh, started applying for a bunch of random jobs. And uh, some lady called me and said, oh, yeah, I got you for the AP editing job, <laughs> and we're right here in Phoenix. And I was like, "Wow, I don't even like I don't even remember applying for this job because I, I was applying for so many. You know, uh-huh. like the, in the storm, you're kind of panicking and you're just filling out applications at one point. And so yeah. when she had called me with my dream job, I said, "Yes, please." <laughs> That's awesome! Yeah. Wow, that must have yeah. felt great. It was really cool. All I'd... those years of hard work finally paying off. Yeah, it was a ten month contract in Phoenix, and so when that expired, I decided that I wanted to see the world a little bit more and that's when I um my boyfriend and I decided we wanted to visit Thailand and during that process is when I saw the AP job for video producer in Bangkok and wow I applied yeah so do you have to go into an office every day or how does that how does your day-to-day life work with that job I used to yeah and uh, I think I started in Phoenix at I think it was 2017 it was a I, I walked to work through like this park and it was 110 degrees every day and Jeez. Uh, <laughs> I, I had um, I had a tank top on but then I put a sweater on in the office because it was AC blasting yeah but now I now I work remotely okay That's since cool. um since March 2020 so what you're just you take the footage and cut it up and make something out of it are you the one who's actually editing or you're overseeing stuff or um I edit I, I receive things from the field. I work with a lot of really brave and courageous journalists who are in circumstances that are sometimes scary and in places that aren't the safest at all times. And so um, I really, every time I, uh, for me to sit at a desk and to take in their footage and to just kind of um, quality control it, if you will, because um, in a hurried circumstance, it can be tough to put a perfect package together and so uh i i guess i'm on the i'm on the assembly line okay yeah <laughs> to put it plainly that makes sense yeah yeah journalism is not getting a whole lot of respect these days with the way it, things have gone down with uh bad journalism really on mm-hmm. the internet yeah. and it used to be something that people really held in very high regard because like you said it's people going into dangerous places mm-hmm. behind enemy lines and doing really really difficult things and do you feel kind of like, what the fuck, everybody, to, to the way that people talk down about journalists? It's rampant. And if you don't, check out Twitter. Mm, I'm on Twitter. Yeah, I'm on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter. Um, they, I, it's, it's tough, you know, um, hearing... Half the time, you know, a lot of people don't even read the news. Exactly. I'd say more than half. Yeah, yeah. And and just knowing the work that my colleagues go through to bring that information out of such a um, difficult situation, um, to have it be shut off or turned down or ignored, is um, it gets frustrating at times, I'm not going to lie. But um, I, I really commend the determination it takes. You know, I've always loved... Um, I don't know. I don't know why. I don't know why everybody does it. But um, I can say for me that I've I've always loved being one of the first to know things, or oh, yeah. um, um, one of the first to see things. And so even though uh, I don't know, what do I say to those people? Normally, when I hear that, 
that like, oh, the media this or the media that. I, I point, I say to the person normally like, you know, I hear you because you're frustrated because what you're reading or seeing is lazy or inaccurate, right? But to to point out the media as such a big term without citing your sources or really picking out the story that pissed you off is lazy and inaccurate. So yeah, um, I, I, I agree. Finger pointing. If you're gonna bitch, be specific. Yeah. Tell us what you don't like, so whoever's in charge can change it. Exactly. But just to just blanket statement about how terrible the media or the government is, things like that, is is really not very helpful or effective. It doesn't do anything to mm. make real change. But the media is definitely getting a lot of, I, I'd say, blowback from the Donald Trump years where, where everything seems like it was changing a lot. And I know you're with the Associated Press, so you're pretty nonpartisan, that organization. And that's probably kind of nice. So you don't have to worry so much about, you know, what people are going to think just because of who you're associated with. Like if you work for Fox, I, I, I think that that would be an issue in our community, at least. True, maybe not, true. maybe not everywhere. I, I feel that for sure. I don't, um, I should also say that like, while I'm here, everything I say just represents me personally. And I can speak for nobody but myself. So uh, I do love working for the AP and, and having a, a um, a fact-based organization rather than like a, an opinion-based one. They don't do editorials. They don't do opinion articles. And it's so, just a news organization. Yeah, and it's really been like a pie-in-the-sky dream of mine to work there. So, And being a, I don't know, being a journalist is different everywhere in the world. Um, and, and being a journalist in America is something special. Yeah, I think we've got it pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Protection. Mm-hmm. You have protection. You're allowed to say what you want to say. Mm-hmm. That's something. That, and write it down and yeah. print it and publish it. <laughs> And yeah, in other countries, there's just not it's just not always an option. So, do you travel for work at all, or you do mostly most of your stuff is stationary? No, my stuff is all stationary. I work um, remotely, but uh, I do take in stories from all over Asia and sometimes other parts of the world because in Asia, daytime it's nighttime elsewhere, and oh, yeah. things still happen at night. <laughs> What's Thailand's relationship with China like? Um, I don't can't talk about feel. It. I, I, we don't I'm not, ne- we I'm don't not an expert. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Well, I, I, don't, I, I don't even know if they're allies or enemies or anything. The politics of it probably aren't not something we should get into <laughs> if, yeah, it's, if it's not something we know about. But the reason I'm asking is because the Chinese media is very controlling about, about the way that they portray stuff. But um, we'll just move on from that. Oh, you know what I'd like to talk about? Student loans. Oh, yeah. Um, so we, we both went to the same school, and you actually got a degree that you took and, and you built on and built a career out of it. So I imagine that was probably a good investment. I didn't do exactly that same thing. I got a degree that was useful to me in my own head and really for whatever. I have a psychology, psychology degree. Psychology, right. Yeah, and I have a lot of debt from that still. It just – Keeps on staying there. Do you have the I, number memorized? I, I think it's probably around twenty-seven thousand right now. Oh, okay, yeah, you're doing all right. You're yeah, all but right. I I've only paid off like five grand, and I've been out of school for like a decade. Oh well. And I pay several hundred dollars a month, so it's it's really discouraging. So it's growing faster than you can pay it off. It yes, sounds like. yes. Well, it's I'm, my payments are slightly enough, just barely enough to get it to go down every month, but only by a couple bucks. It's really oh, that's yeah. Infuriating. Yeah. Um, I'll be, I haven't, I haven't paid mine back <laughs> yet. Um, mine's in like the 60,000 mm. neighborhood. Um, God, you got your master's though. Yeah. In an out of state program. 
Oh, that was probably as much as all of Western. It was. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it was. Um, And, uh, yeah. But it got you your dream job. It got me my dream job. That's the that's I feel the confident that it, it's gonna get paid mm-hmm. someday. It's gonna go down. I but um so because of COVID, right? I don't think we have to pay them back until like January now. Yeah, that's been awesome. So I got that long to think about it. Yeah, <laughs> come up with how I'm gonna do that. But um, I know I can, and you know, living pretty affordably. So um, I feel confident that I <laughs> I can make a dent in them in five years. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like you have. I don't even. Like, I feel no moral obligation to the lenders. Actually, the people I'm paying don't, they aren't the ones who lent me the money. Mm. It's like, I just, yeah. I would like it to be just wiped off. I want, I want a president who will just forgive all the student loans. Bernie said he was going to do it, but nobody wanted Bernie. What do you think they should do for student loans, like in the United States? Honestly, I'm avoiding it until I have to think about it. Yeah. Um, and I know that's not the best way to go, but, um, well, if you end up working in the field that you studied, you know, that could be like a plus <laughs> or some kind of, I think you just get points like knocked off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you, if you did this, you know, that's a, that's a point. Um, if you, if you, uh, I don't know. I, I really do don't know what they right, should do. You don't have to pay. <laughs> That'd be cool. That don't sound right. It'd be cool to, to come up with some kind of an incentive program where you, you do something that benefits something. If you and volunteer you don't have to pay. and you're a good person and you don't hurt nobody and and you uh, you know you pay your taxes anyway and you pay all your other if you pay all your other stuff. That actually is a great idea. Pay all your bills and show proof of it. Uh, you don't have to pay your student, student loans. Student loans forgiven. We forgive you. They could even do it month to month. Mm-hmm. Like man, that'd be a pain in the ass, but. You know, in Bangkok, rent is negotiable. Really? Yeah, you can you can negotiate. When you move into a place at first, you can say, I don't want to pay 20000 baht a month. I will pay you seventeen or fifteen or something. And then they might come back with something else. And, you know, there's like a mm-hmm. – it's not, it's not monthly negotiation, but it's like a lease before you move in, you negotiate. Is there a lot of available housing? Yes. So it's kind of a, a renter's or a buyer's market? Very much, yeah. Okay. That makes sense then. You could probably do that here if, if there's a lot of available p- places you think to so? stay. I always thought that like if you try to negotiate with somebody, you'd get laughed at. Well, you would because they're they don't <laughs> they have all the power. They're like, well, there's one place you can live on the street if you want, but if you want to live in a house, it's this much. Okay. Well, I would say to them, I'd be like, you know, well, if you want it to sit empty another couple of months, you go ahead. Oh, but. don't worry. I have lots of people want it. <laughs> there's a uh, 20 different families who are waiting in line. Okay. The, I, I really think that's just a demographic thing. Like, well, your mom's a real estate person, she, right? Yeah, she is. Uh, she was on TV, wasn't she? She was. Yeah, I, I've I seen saw on that. HGTV. Yeah, that was pretty cool. The What was the show called? Beach House Bargain Hunt. Beach House Bargain Hunt. Mm-hmm. And BHBH. I, I uh, believe she did more than one episode. That's cool. Yeah, reality TV, they can just do it anywhere. I, I would expect that to bring a little bit of business to the peninsula. Have you seen her car? Yeah. Of course you've seen her car. Everybody's it's all wrapped. <laughs> that's pretty cool. It's hard to miss. I'm pretty sure it glows in the dark, actually. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. It's got um, three doors and two transmissions. What kind of car is it? It's a Hyundai Veloster. Oh. A Veloster. I don't know how you say it. It's a, it's a Veloster. Veloster. That's kind of a cool name. Sounds yeah. like Velociraptor. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> room, room. 
Yeah, so you can switch from automatic to trans, whatever. Oh, yeah. Yeah, manual. Um, I was driving a, what's the Zoom Zoom one? Um, Suzuki. M- Mazda. Mazda. Mazda, or, yeah, long time ago, and it, it had the switchable one. But the switch, it's not like there's a clutch on those, so it's just like you go from automatic to basically an automatic that lets you shift it. It's, it's not as exciting as they make it seem. I've actually never seen anybody use that feature in real life. Hmm. Just like a lot of new cars have it. Actually, my truck has it. Uh, I've never used it other than just to show people. What does it do? Nothing. Okay. It's just it's a transmission that is lets you shift it if you want, manual option. But the shifter is like a button that you push on the regular shifter. It's not exciting. It's not even really good podcast content, honestly. Okay. Well, <laughs> fuck all that. Well, okay. So what what are some things that you brought back from your travels that you'd like to share with especially this this community here because I remember when you reached out to me about coming on the podcast I had asked you a few months before and not realizing that you lived in Thailand I thought you were just making trips or going on an extended (laughs) vacation honestly I I see people's pictures come up and anytime they're traveling for some reason I just assume that they're coming back yeah (laughs) so I, I had reached out to you and said come on the podcast it'd be cool and when you eventually did, you mentioned how, like, I'm only going to be there a little bit. I don't have time to be making trips and visiting everybody, <laughs> so I'll just do the podcast, knock it out in one one whack, and everybody can just listen to that and be caught up. So what's the catch-up? Let's hear I the hope news. that suffices. You know, um, really, I want to thank you, Jeff, for making this podcast because, you know, it can be isolating to live so far away from all your family and friends and to be able to sit at my computer and listen to people that I haven't seen forever. And, and I feel like I'm in the circle catching up with you all. So thank you for this. Yeah, it's our pleasure. Yeah. And thanks for having me. Um, I don't know. I have, um, uh, I just, it's been uh, a terrifying but exciting, changing year and a half. And I feel like I'm not the same person. I have definitely... Um, uh, transformed or have changed in some ways good and in some ways you know I wish I could be how I was before the pandemic but um yeah what do you mean by that I've been really nervous lately I'll be honest I've had a lot more anxiety maybe I've had I've always had like some uh bit of anxiety in my head but I I don't think I ever really called it that or recognized it as that and so but then as soon as you see it like maybe you see it everywhere you know and yeah so um yeah, but just to have like I don't know, I'll be I'll be honest and I'll admit that um it's still very scary to me. I don't know, and I think it's like heightened by just like living so far away and not being able to see my family uh anytime I want them to anytime I want to. So Yeah, you went through a thing that was extremely hard for everybody even with their families around. Mm-hmm. Like you went through that across the world in a different country. Yeah. That must have been really really difficult. Yeah, it was tough, you know. I mean, um, uh, you started to kind of see the shift because it was, if you know, when it was first emerged or when it was first discovered in China, you know, it's very close to Thailand. And so it was um, kind of one of those moments that I realized, you know, this would be a faraway story normally. You kind of read about certain places that seem far away or it's it's easy to distance yourself from there but then I realized like oh damn I'm right over here man I got, yeah. I'm out here um um 
And uh, I remember that feeling yeah. of when the China story started hitting, and it's just like that is terrifying. But good thing I don't have to think about it, mm. and you just kind of don't. And yeah. for a month, the yeah. month of December, January, after January, over here at least, when the when it had just started to kind of spread out to other countries, and Asia was getting it, and Europe was getting it, and before we had had any cases in the states, I was starting to get a little bit freaked out. But once those first cases hit this continent, it became a fucking madhouse. Everybody yeah. just lost it. Yeah, it became a much bigger story, I think. Yeah, um, became real. It was, it, and being on the other side of the world, it was um, like, uh, um, I, I do believe that, that Thailand was like the second country to have it. To have I feel it. like that sounds right. Yeah, and um, so when that happened, it was like, I remember we were still in the office, still like working normally, but it was like everybody was very nervous. Nobody was really touching anything or shaking hands. And then I would go out on my lunch break out to like 7-Eleven or um, some corner store convenience shop and nobody had hand sanitizer and nobody had uh, wipes. And it wasn't even like things were still open, like it was still new, but the panic was very much in the air. And I don't know, that always kind of stuck with me. I'm vaccinated now. Um, Which one did you get? Um, I got AstraZeneca. Oh, AstraZeneca. Yeah, you fancy. It was um, uh, the option, some of the options that were available that, uh, over there are different than the ones here. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I got the Johnson & Johnson. Oh, yeah. One, um, one, one and done. I got it like two days before they recalled it. Okay. Um, so, you know, I don't know. I never really knew what to think about it. I, I, I was very skeptical I won't say critical because I didn't I wasn't saying people shouldn't get it or even that I wasn't going to get it but I'm aware of what vaccines do and how they work most of the time and how there's a massive process to testing these things. So mm-hmm. I was freaked out by the idea of putting a vaccine into my body that had just been created regardless of what it was or who made it or what it was meant to treat. Yeah, but um when it came available, I was I, immediately. I was just all those worries. I just had to push them away. So mm-hmm. it's like, well, now it's time to be a citizen of the world and bite the bullet and get the fucking shot. You feel better. Oh yeah, immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, even though it was like, and and I, I still at that point didn't know whether it was going to cause some kind of reaction or it's going to make me grow an extra penis or you know, <laughs> who knows what's going to happen. It, it could, I might have Spider-Man powers. Would you want that? An extra two penises penis. depends on where it grew. Depends on where – if it just grew right off the end of my old one, sure, I'll take it. Off the end of the old one? Yeah, yeah, just okay. add it to it. What about, like, next to it? No, I don't think so. You know, I think – what is it? Like, sharks have two penises. I didn't know that. I think that's true. What do they use the second one for? I don't know. Just the in sharks. case. They're sharks, They're Jeff. just overprepared. They don't need – They also to... have, like, three rows of teeth. <laughs> yeah, what do they need that for? I don't know. <laughs> They're just doing the same with dicks. <laughs> just line them up. One gets knocked off, it's just filled back in. Yeah. But yeah, once it was once it was time to do it, it, it was just like, hey, we're all in this together. I, I don't want to take a scary vaccination any more than the next person, but you just do it anyway. That's at least what I kind of how I felt about it. Yeah, it's enough to make you nervous either way, whether you do or you don't. It's enough yeah. to make you. Um, I don't know. It's enough to make me nervous. Um, I was just grateful that I'm not a vulnerable <laughs> population. Yeah, because they are way more at risk and they have a lot more to be nervous about with the vaccine or the illness Mm. like my parents are a little more at risk than me my mom has autoimmune issues so she's been scared for the last two years basically and i never know what to tell her i was just like i really 
I don't know. I think you should be vaccinated, but I'm not a doctor. I don't know how it's going to affect Lyme disease. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's just it's confusing. But. It's um, I don't know, and you can't. It's you never. You don't know what to tell people. You don't know yeah. what to tell people. So, um, I'm just. I am grateful that I am able to travel again. You know, I'm. Uh, it was. I had to fill out all kinds of paperwork, and I th- when I go back, I do. I will stay in a hotel for quarantine, mm-hmm. um, seven days. Recently changed down from fourteen days, but seven seems like it would be enough. Yeah, it's okay. For symptoms it's to come, better right. than fourteen. <laughs> yeah, that's a long time. Yeah. So, do you have friends in Thailand? Did you make Did you make friends, or are you still just kind of trying to live through the computer? Um. Well, I. Uh, uh, are you able to go out and meet people? Yeah. Yeah. It, it's not. I mean, I think I'm making it. I don't know. I think I'm making it sound scarier than it it is. It or sounds was. pretty scary. <laughs> I mean, it, was, it is a pandemic. A pandemic in a foreign country. <laughs> um, uh, it's but if I if I had to be anywhere, I mean, it's it's paradise. The beach is still very close. The mountains are still very close. It's very friendly. The people are very kind and accommodating. It's a culture of like making merit, and so. Uh, you do good things to have good karma come back to you. I don't know if that's the right way to like explain it or whatever, but it seems like people go out of their way to, you know, give you your change back when you dropped it on the ground or uh, return. Like every time I had lose something, somebody returns it to me. Like they go wow. out of their way to return it. Um, sometimes like the next day or a uh, extended period of time. That's shocking when it happens here, isn't it? It's like if you lose your wallet and it comes back to you, yeah, with money in it still. Or like if if someone steals something, you're like not even surprised. Yeah. One time I found me and my brother found a wallet in the, just in the road. I was actually on Sandridge, so like going through Nakata, and we were driving down the road with my mom, and we just see money on the road, and we were just like, "There's money! Pull over! Pull over!" Christmas. And so she pulled over, and we ran out, hopped out, gathered up all the money. And found a wallet and put all the money back in the wallet. Tracked down the guy. I was like probably 10 or 11. Uh, we tracked down the guy, called him from a pay phone, and had him meet us at the store to come get the wallet. And that son of a bitch took the wallet, didn't even say thank you, didn't give us a reward or anything. It's like, oh, I knew I should have just taken one of those 20s. He didn't say thank you. He probably did. I'm exaggerating. Okay, but he wasn't like... I wanted you to hate him. He wasn't very grateful. Not grateful enough. Oh. I mean, you give a kid finds your wallet, you give him ten bucks at yeah. least. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. It's just common courtesy. Something. Ice cream at least. I don't know. Um, a few months ago, I was driving through Olympia, and I had the whole family in the truck with me. So, all three kids in the back, and Melissa is in the passenger seat, and we're in Olympia. Do you know where the Olympia Mall is? There's like a a road that comes off the freeway. It's a really busy intersection. So there's like tons of activity, cars honking, people. I'm walking here, that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. And um, not the kind of place you can get out of your car. It's a lot of traffic. So we're way back from the stoplight and we're moving up and not everyone gets to go on every green. You have to just move forward and wait in line. And so as we're waiting there, I look over to the sidewalk, and which is one more lane between me and the yellow line and then two lanes of, of oncoming traffic than the sidewalk. And I look over there and I see there's a $20 bill smacked up against the curb of the sidewalk facing me and i can see clearly it's like oh that's a 20 and i look a little bit further and there's another one and i see another one Mm -hmm. and i look up the sidewalk and there's like a ton of cash just like fluttering around in the wind 
And as I'm seeing this, my kids also see it. And they're just, they start screaming, there's money all there's over the place, money. there's money. And they start like getting out of the truck. And we're in traffic. And I was just like, nope, I locked the doors. And I was like, you cannot get out of the truck right here. I'll go to jail. Like, I can't send my children into traffic for $20. Yeah. Like, it's just not, not worth it. And so we're still just sitting there and they're like protesting big time. The kids are just losing their shit. And an old lady walks up with a little dog and she doesn't see any of it. And I screamed at this old lady because I didn't want the money to go to waste. It's just going to flutter away into a gutter somewhere. She's like, hey, lady, look at the ground. Look at the ground right in front of you. And she's like, what? And I was like, look at the ground. There's cash. There's cash everywhere. And I'm just like screaming across traffic to this lady. And she got it. She she grabbed all the money and we drove away. Yeah. Um, Like an hour later after we were on our way back. Uh, we're getting gas at the gas station that's like right off that corner. And Sawyer jumped out of the truck, went down through the bushes to the sidewalk where that money was, and he found 20 bucks. So she didn't get all of it. Okay, so he got his uh, little reward in there. Yep. See, and that it. is that karma, that merit, that it comes back to you. It's the happy ending. Yes. It's yeah. a good story, you know. And yeah. every time, every time I tell a story that doesn't have the ending that I wanted to, I just say, and then I found $20 at the end. Perfect. Yeah. And, then, yeah, and then it turns into a better story. Yeah, there's nothing better than finding twenty dollars, right. except maybe finding fifty dollars. Mm-hmm. But reach your hand in your pocket of a pair of pants you haven't worn for a long time, or a jacket, and pulling out oh, cash. That's the best. That's the best. <laughs> yeah, we we must have some kind of a mechanism in our brain that lights up like crazy when we find a treasure. Like we all, I mean, when you're a kid, you draw treasure maps all the time. You're always talking about treasure. You yeah. just believe it's buried everywhere some, yeah. for some reason. There has to be treasure in the hills. Treasure in them hills. You're looking over towards those hills. There literally is treasure in them, there are hills. Nah. Yeah. There are, according to some historical accounts. <laughs> some pirate for it. buried his treasure in the hill behind my house. What's his name? I don't know. That's right. Oh, I'll Google it. <laughs> I don't believe this. You know who would know Madeline Moore? Okay. Madeline Dickerson. Oh, you're right. You're right. She's a historian now. She just got married. I know. She did. What's Shout her out new Madeline. Last name? What's her new last name? Madeline Madsen. Is it? Is it? I'm going to need to know that. Okay. I feel like it's Madsen with a T and an S-O-N. Uh, but just, I... <laughs> we'll just look it up and then pretend that we knew it to begin with. Okay. Shout out, Madeline. How you doing? I haven't even met her. It is Matson. Hey. It is Matson. Yes. Right. Shout out Foggy Augie Matson, mm-hmm. also, I assume. Mm-hmm. Right? All the happiness to you. I haven't met him yet, but he looks like a fun loving guy. Yeah, he's happy. got a boat. Always smiling on those pictures. Yeah. Yeah. Which is great. You want a happy person. <laughs> yeah, they did that quick. Ah, uh, you know, it's time, it's time, it's time, it's time. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So, what about you? You uh, dating? Dating, yeah. I've been um, with my boyfriend, Kaya, for five years. Wow. We actually met um, during that short time at AmeriCorps. Um, oh, yeah. Here at the beach. <laughs> yeah. Um, was he also an AmeriCorps member? He was, yeah. Yeah. And um, uh, I'll just say that it wasn't my favorite uh, job working it. My older sister did AmeriCorps. Yeah. And she was kind of perfect for it. Like, yeah. very, very qualified and really up her alley. But they pay so little that mm. it, it made it so that her life was miserable. Well, it is like they call it volunteering. It's it's service. You're yeah, but, serving. But they make you work. But yeah, yeah, right? it's, it's it's 
uh, full-time hours. Is there any benefit whatsoever to the volunteers? I don't. I mean, it was, um, for me, it gave me uh, a good, like, kind of landing period after school. I didn't have a job lined up after I graduated, and so mm-hmm. I was just, like, happy that something came up, and it was in a place where I knew it was at home, basically. And so it, it served a purpose for me, and a lot of people are, like, great at it. But um, just at that point, it wasn't nobody's fault. Just I didn't belong at Waco High School when I was a kid, and I didn't belong there as an adult, so... Yeah, I don't want to work there. You no, know, I don't <laughs> want to work. Let's be honest. It was nice, but, I, you know, yeah, yeah. And yeah. frankly, because um, I, the position that I had was, like, truancy officer. And oh, I, that I had to, like, convince kids that it was important to come to class. And it is. It is. You know, go to school, kids. But I, you If know, you got the time. If, if I don't want to be there, I couldn't tell them that they had to be there. So I had yeah. to quit that job personally. Well, that's the thing about truancy is that it's, it's the most important for the kids who care the least. Like, mm. the kids who really need to be in school are the ones who are not going to listen to you about how important it is to be in school. Yeah. The ones who, like, I don't know, the ones who are going to listen to you are, are already there. There are, there are a lot of kids who, who want to be there, but uh, other circumstances, you know, they don't, they're, they just can't, for whatever reason, they're taking care of somebody. They're, mm-hmm. um, they're working or something, you know. It's, it's, it's not just they don't want to be there sometimes. Yeah. Did you like high school? Mm, I liked... The friends and the friend part and the activity, the sports. I was real active, you know. Mm-hmm. I remember we were on the track team together. Yep, you yep. threw the jab. That's right. And that's I right. Sprinted. You were fast. <laughs> Thank you. You still run? No, I walk. Yeah, I walk fast. Walk fast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, it was. I don't know. It was high school. I don't think yeah. anybody had a great time. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty hit and miss. Yeah. Um, you get both. But it was. Uh, it's unique growing up in a town where there's only one school. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I don't really miss high school, but I definitely appreciate what it was. And I, I like, I'm excited for my kids to go through it just because I remember how, like, messy and painful and exciting and fun and all those things kind of rolled into one that it was. And that stuff is very just kind of it promotes growth. You just you come out of it a totally different person than you went in, not yeah. just because of the age maturation, but just experiences happen. Yeah. And, and we're, we're still in school, really. Never ends. And, yeah, we're we're lifelong learners. Yeah, as a I think that's Western's motto or something. Is creating it life, creating lifelong learn? I don't know something something about that. Well, that's cool. It definitely works. Um, I was thinking actually the last time we saw each other. I think. Do you remember when we drove from Bellingham to Long Beach? I do. We were carpooling. Yeah, I actually was gonna mention that as the last time. But then I was like, well, what if it wasn't actually the last time, and it makes it look like I just forgot. And, uh, I'm pretty sure. But I think it was actually. Yeah. Actually, I I think I saw you at the depot restaurant like Mm -hmm. the next day. Um, (laughs) So I think that was actually the last time. Okay. Well, I don't remember that, so it doesn't count. Yeah. It was was really close. It was like the same week. So I'll count it all as the same experience. Did I work there or was I eating there? I don't remember. Okay. Because I I, used to work there. See, that complicates my memory. Okay. I I don't know. I'm pretty sure that I was not working there. If, If we were in college. Yeah. I was not working there at the time. That was my high school job. Okay, then, yeah, you're probably eating. Just probably eating. Yeah. Do you eat there? I, I've been, I, you know, I called about their burger night. I, I don't know if they still do that, but I, I think they, they do the winter. Closed, or I think, I thought they're supposed to do, they normally open in October for burger night or something. I don't remember, but um, they have not been open. I love burger night. It's great. 
I was supposed to go to the depot uh, this weekend for my wife's birthday, but they had a plumbing incident. And yeah. Had, had to close. That's what I, yeah. That's one of my very favorite restaurants. Shout out Mike and Nancy. Oh, their food's so good. And the, the whole atmosphere in there is very warm and inviting. Mm-hmm. It's great. And it's it feels exclusive because there's not that many tables. It's just like, it was a good first job. I bet it, it taught me a lot about like not only hospitality and service or like manners, yeah, <laughs> uh, how to eat right or like what what food is, uh, how to pronounce certain things, um, but yeah, just like how to treat people. I think if I were in charge of the world, I would require that everybody did a year of waiting tables. That's a great idea. Yeah, the, they should make like the first five years out of high school or even they could start earlier make like year starting at 16 you have to do five years of different jobs like (laughs) you got to spend a year as a server you got to spend a year as a garbage man or woman you got to spend a year what's another good one probably maybe a soldier i mean you know you should be some kind of like medical medical assistant or something that'd be good and then banker uh, some kind of a we can't some kind just of fancy. have randos doing our banking. No, but everybody <laughs> needs to know how to like balance a checkbook. Yes. Well, I mean, nobody does that anymore. But the, the equivalent, the technological yeah. equivalent. Yeah. Of that. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of technological money, do you do you follow crypto stuff? I I do not. I um. Better I get yet. on that. You're gonna get, miss the boat. I will. I will. And hopefully I, I get on that before I pay student loans and before it becomes even more. I did. Because, um, like, like, I don't know, I think once that ball starts rolling, it seems um, more intimidating to invest in other stuff. But oh, for sure. Yeah, especially something as volatile as crypto. You could lose it. And then who would pay your student loans? Yeah, that, that part doesn't sound fun, but I would, you know, it's sometimes you got to risk it for the biscuit. Yeah, and it doesn't sound fun, but for some reason that, riskiness that fear does add to the fun of the whole experience <laughs> yeah I, I don't i wish that that wasn't the case because i'd love to just do things that are not risky and enjoy them as much but i enjoy that a lot more because i'm like all right here we go roll the dice this could end badly or it could end really well and you just don't really know i, I like the way that feels you enjoy it more than like gambling on anything I don't really gamble. Okay. Okay. So this is your gambling. Yeah, okay. it is. Because I can do research. I've talked about this a few times. Uh, yeah. There's there's resources where I can look and see like trends and you know who's buying what. I can I can figure out what the chances are that my investment's going to be successful. Whereas if you're gambling, it's based on random chance. Okay. And that is something I don't have any control over. <laughs> so not my thing. Plus also. I was just poor forever, so yeah. I just I didn't gamble just on principle because I didn't have any money I could lose. And then when I finally started making money, I just didn't gamble. I, I already I had already established that in my personality. I was just like, don't do it. Yeah, I don't gamble either. It's just like, yeah. Sometimes I play uh, virtual games <laughs> with real money. No, <laughs> yeah. no, they give you like fake coins on mm-hmm. like what is it, eight ball pool? Yeah. Um, Pool, pool games online. So that's basically okay. what cryptocurrency is. Talk to me. Those The coins that they give you in those games. Imagine if you could take those coins with you when you leave the game and you can go spend them on real things in real life. That's what cryptocurrency is. That's It's digital assets that you can use and, and trade between different, you know, things. So like... Tell me always, something that you have bought with, with cryptocurrency. Um, let's see. 
like specifically, yeah, and more I, cryptocurrency. Okay. <laughs> Um, like you cashed it out, you went and you bought something. I have cashed out almost none because I don't want to pay taxes on it. And when you cash it out, it becomes well, it becomes cash again. So you, it's an income, it's, okay. and you have to pay taxes on it. But if you swap it for another cryptocurrency, you don't have to do that. For example, Bitcoin is at $55,000 right now per one coin. Mm. That's a crazy amount of money. Well, it's here at 55000 if I just decide to swap, let's say, 10,000 of that into USD coin, which is another cryptocurrency, but it's called a stable coin. So it's pegged to the dollar. So a USD coin is always a dollar. It's worth the same, give or take a couple cents all the time. So that way, I got Bitcoin into cash or a cash-like cryptocurrency when it was at its very most valuable. So it essentially will freeze that value. And then Bitcoin could dump tomorrow, and that money that I pulled out into USD coin, into a stable coin, will still maintain its value even though Bitcoin has dropped. And then I could take that same exact money, swing it right back into Bitcoin at a much lower price, and take a bunch of profit. But you have to be really vigilant, and you have to constantly pay attention to when you think it's going to you know, break from the current trends. So it's really risky, and it's really hard to do, and it most of the time doesn't work. Because it's so hard to sell when you're at the high. Because you're like, well, what if it just keeps going? It could just keep yeah, going. Yeah. And uh, it, it doesn't, though. It never will. It always will go back down because there's so much sell pressure. When the value gets that high, everyone who bought down here is all that pressure, all that profit is burning a hole in their pocket. So they're gonna eventually they're going to sell. And then the price will drop. It's, it's, a, it's a really a very good system to maintain value. But it's a lot of work, a lot of research stuff. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a watcher yeah. before I do <laughs> anything. Yeah. I'll definitely be um, – I uh, have yet to listen to the Bitcoin podcast. Um, I've recorded Ned Bittner. Yeah. He came in here this week. And let's – Hey, I've Ned. I was on uh, – Ned was involved in the track team. Yeah, Ned was a throwing coach. Yeah. Ned's a good guy. He's pretty into crypto. We okay. we got very crypto heavy in his episode too. I've been I've been fucking obsessed. I'm sorry. It's okay. <laughs> uh, like before you came in here, I was like meditating and just trying to clear out all the fucking crypto stuff so I could uh, yeah. talk and have a normal human conversation. Yeah. Because I have been so engrossed in investing um, that I haven't really given much real estate in my mind to anything else. I've been dreaming about it. So like I no I, way I'm doing it all day and. When I'm working, I'm listening to podcasts about it. Yeah. When um consume. Yeah, if I'm doing research or I'm I'm looking for potential purchases or I'm, most of the time I'm just trying to analyze trends. So I'm on Twitter or I'm on Discord and I'm just trying to see what's hot. What are people buying? What are people selling? What are people interested in dropping? Because if you get in on mints for NFTs, you can make enormous gains, and that's what I'd like to do. I like making enormous gains. Those are my favorite kind. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Enormous gains. That's yeah. got, that's, you're speaking my language then. I mean, like you were talking like cell uh, pressure, I think was a term you used in there. <laughs> well, that's how you get the enormous gains. Okay, yeah. All yeah. that cell pressure. Yeah. It, it builds. Yeah. So anyway, again. I'll, this I'll is, nod and pretend like I know what you're talking apologize about. Apologize again for dipping back into the crypto topic. I can't help it. <sighs> Um, 
Maybe now is a good time for a break. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Thank you. This is very fun. All right, but yeah, anyway, that trip we made back from Bellingham that time, I, I had, you mentioned that I had truffles or chocolate or something, and yeah, I did, and it's because I had been going through a weird time in my life, emotionally, and, and thinking about it, it's been years since I really thought about this, but looking back, that was probably a low spot in my mental health, hmm. um, because I had spent my student loan money on chocolate, like bulk chocolate, a your, ton of it. Your refund money. Yeah, without really thinking of like where I might get more money to buy regular food for right. myself. Yeah. And so I, because I had just got a wild hair and I was like, I want to make some candy. I, I would like to become a chocolatier, please. That's what I'm going to do. And so I went out and bought a bunch of chocolate and made a bunch of chocolate gifts for my f- friends and family. And I had them all in like little handmade cardboard boxes and, uh, well, not handmade, hand-folded but I bought the boxes also. and um, But for like two weeks up leading up to Christmas break before I went home, I had like no food. So I was like eating a lot of chocolate. <laughs> and uh, But the, the chocolates turned out great. I was very proud of them there. I had candy molds for them and everything. And so you I made, melted them down and you made like oh, truffles. Yeah, the whole thing. made a, Yeah, I made the ganache centers. I had this candy mold. I made the ganaches like, I still remember, actually. It's one cup of chocolate chopped, and then you put it in, like, a steel bowl and boil one cup of heavy cream and not quite boil, actually. Just about to boil. Just about to boil. Just about to boil when it's getting those little bubbles. (laughs) Little bubbles, guys. And then you dump that in the bowl over the chocolate, and you cover it. You're going to want to stir it at this point. Don't do that because that's going to bring in too much cold air. Not stir. Mess it up. Don't stir it. Let that hot milk melt the chocolate even for just like a minute, and then pop that uh, cover off, stir it with a whisk until it gets smooth. I'm just going to go through the whole recipe now, put it on a record. And once it gets real smooth, pour it in the mold, each little glob. They were like Reese's peanut butter cup size, the miniature Mm, ones. Yeah, it was like very um, secretive. I remember the time you're almost kind of embarrassed. You're like, okay, I have these truffles. It seemed (laughs) Um, weird. I made them myself. (laughs) I want to put them in the trunk so they don't melt. Like you had them covered in a blanket or something. And I was Uh like, what the fuck has he got back there? And and then I was like, and then it was like a five-hour drive. And I was like, that bastard didn't even offer me a truffle. (laughs) They were all pre-wrapped, I believe, (laughs) if I recall. Um, It's okay. I thought about it, though. I should Chocolate. I should have given you I was giving them out I I, I would have given you some <laughs> I must have just been embarrassed but yeah the that's impressive though that you like you melted them down and oh yeah oh so I'm not even done after I got the the centers done so you let those chill and then you take them out and I melted like regular chocolate and white chocolate and I put extracts in them and flavored them and dipped them all in those and then put stuff on the top to not only indicate what was inside, but also to add a nice little crunch. So a little nuts on some, toffee bits, some candy cane pieces. That one didn't go well. Oh, I hate candy canes. Everybody does. Uh, Nobody no, wanted they those ones. They shame you for hating candy canes. They make me oh, well, think I'm on, a Grinch. I'm having a deja vu. We, have we done this before? Have we? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, the... The candy canes got all, you know how they get in moist climates? Oh, yeah. You know, they just get all sticky and gross. The red and the white, they like. Starts to weep. Get cloudy, yeah. Ugh. Gross. It's gross. So those ones were a waste. But, yeah. Well. Good times. Impressive. 
in how long did this take you these travels oh uh weeks i because there's <laughs> lots of test batches <laughs> yeah okay yeah. i lived i'm basically alone my roommate if this was the year i'm thinking it was i think i picked you up at burnham wood burnham wood burnham. oh yeah i lived right across the street i was god it's been so long now i barely remember but yeah, my roommate basically lived with his girlfriend. She lived in the same apartment complex, okay. and he was gone all the time. So I lived alone. I was bored. Uh, I had already broke my electric drum set. I just didn't have a lot to do, so I was, I, I was cooking. And I wasted, I went into credit card debt buying ingredients <laughs> to make delicious meals. Feast for one. Chocolate. There's nobody even around. <laughs> this is depressing. Well, it, 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 you learned a skill. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I love cooking. It wasn't a waste. Yeah, actually, I... I it's depressing just because I was depressed, but I'm not depressed about it now. It was a great experience. I learned a ton. more. I learned more in that period of time than any other one. In, I was in college. That tends to happen when you live alone. I live alone yeah. now, too, and I have lived alone um, before. Like, when I went to Western, uh, I lived in a studio apartment for, like, four years. And, um, yeah, you learned a lot about yourself. You yeah, learn. you just lived by yourself that whole time? Yeah. Uh, well, I had no three. I must have been there three years because I had a, I lived in a dorm room for my first year. And then my sophomore year, I had one roommate in a two bedroom apartment. And then and then I got my own space. She transferred. And then I was just like solo. I lived in this building called the Alamo. Mm, where's <laughs> that out. at? It was on Garden Street and Maple. OK. Maple and Garden. So not too far from university. You remember that karate church? Yeah. Yeah, it was right down the hill by the co-op. The co-op. Okay, yeah. okay. Yeah. Between the karate church and oh, the yeah. co-op. And then there's like that, yeah. Um, that was fun. That was fun. But you can't blame the dishes on nobody else. You know, you can't say that your roommate left for the weekend and she put a pile of laundry in your favorite chair. Like, no, that was me. <laughs> I'm living alone. That was all me. There's I also a flies. lot less messes, though. Not for me then. Oh, really? I had a real fruit fly problem at the time mm. um, in undergrad. Yeah, I've put up a curtain. And I put the trash can in the kitchen, and the curtain separated it. Yeah. So all the flies were in the kitchen. and um, That seems like a very, very common thing. College thing to do. I age. would bring home, like, barrels of laundry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Me and Colton had a place up there with our buddy Thomas. And we went up to visit him after, like, two months. We had been down here working at the Wildlife Refuge. And he was up there watching the place and working at Bornstein's. And we got there, and there was a stack of pizza boxes in the closet all the way to the ceiling. And the fruit <laughs> flies were so bad Ew, in there. And we cleaned all the boxes and couldn't figure out why the flies were still there. And It took hours of searching, and we finally found – it wasn't hours, I guess I'm exaggerating. But figured out that there was a, a bag of potatoes that somebody left in a drawer. No! It was – Turn into black goo. No. Oh, my God. I was just going to tell you that same thing happened to me in my room. In the We were in the dorm rooms. And we were like, for months, we were like, what is that death stench? That yeah. It was, and you don't know where it's coming from. And, yeah, one of our roommates had moved out, and she had left us a present. Was it potatoes? It was a bag of potatoes. <laughs> yeah, she was gone for a long time. And we were like, how long has that been there? Um, I, yeah, yeah. It was like you hold your nose and you're gagging while you throw it out. Potatoes yeah. go so bad. Yeah. And they last a long time. They just, once they go, there's no turning back. Potatoes. Because, I mean, you can have a bag of potatoes and it'll grow those little twisty eyes and 
I mean, that takes weeks. Yeah. Maybe even longer. Months. Maybe yeah. months. And then got to wait even longer, and they eventually <laughs> turn to soup. That's so bad. It is bad. You just can't describe that dead potato sack smell. What's the most disgusting thing you've ever done or ever had to D- do? Done. Not, not I mean, like work. I'm going to, like, uh, I'm talking cleaning up vomit, you know, having to wash a shitty baby. <clears throat> um, what, what have you got? I clean the toilets at the Northwest Washington Fair. The Northwest Washington oh Fair. God. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds bad. <laughs> I had a... Um, uh, someone called and said that they it was a time when it was like summertime and I needed money and someone was like, hey, we have this, you know, this wonderful job. It's at the fair. Doesn't that sound exciting? And I was like, you know, I'd never been to a fair before, you know, coming from Long Beach here. We don't have any Not fairs. a real one. Not a re- so And this is like a regional fair. You know, it's not a state fair. It's like the Northwest Fair at the Linden Fairgrounds. And, um, and then I show up for this job. I got all my cute little outfit on and then Lady's like, uh, work. You know we're cleaning the toilets, right? You got your boots in the back, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Here's your uh, yellow vest and your broom, and uh, yeah, there's there was a uh, multiple bathrooms, and it, it was always like it was more awkward when we went around in pairs, and um, yeah, but it was the worst when you had to clean the men's room because the men are just like never happy about being kicked out of there. They're like. Yeah, it does. It's not a good feeling to have to go to the bathroom and have someone be like, nope, gotta yeah. clean it. Yeah, we're closed for cleaning. Yeah. But it's a worse feeling to be cleaning a bathroom and there's a bunch of dudes shitting in it still. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or you go in there and it's like right after somebody shit. It's always right after somebody shit at the fair. Oh, yeah, at the fair. Yeah, the it's floor my... is just always wet. And, you yeah. know, the oh, other thing that bothered me personally was it like in the ladies' room, you see some of these. Teenage, this, not teenage, but some of these boys come in with their mom who are like, to me, I would say that they're too old to be in the ladies' room with their mom. Uh huh. And it's like, it's eh, a dilemma. You're kind of is that is that weird? Like, how old is too old? I think it depends on the kid. <laughs> okay. For sure. Yeah. Well, because the alternative is you gotta leave the kid alone. Because like, what if, if the mom's gotta use the bathroom? Yeah. The kid has to go somewhere. Like, he, he's either got to go in with her, which it's all stalls in the women's room, I've heard. Yeah, you know. yeah, it is. He's got to just stand there and watch his mom <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in a very tight space. He, he's not having a good day. He's not happy about it either. I guess you're right. Maybe he wasn't happy to be there either. But I was just like, you know, the kid is as tall as me. Yeah. And I feel like he oh. could wait outside. Oh, for sure. Or, you know, chest high. I feel like he could be. Yeah, yeah. It's inappropriate. I, I was thinking you're talking like a three-year-old. No, no, that's a child. Like you can bring a baby into the bathroom. Of course, yeah, there's like yeah. changing stations on the wall for that. But when you're walking and talking and feeding yourself, I feel like you can sit outside. For sure. Yeah, especially when it's that direction, um, like you know, a boy going into the women's room. That mm-hmm. seems like the age would be a little bit different than like like my daughter's three, and it's I don't like taking her into the public men's room. Because she, it's not necessarily that it feels inappropriate at this point, but lately she's been doing a lot more uh, talking to people <laughs> and narrating what we do and and also asking questions about strangers to me in a loud echoey bathroom. Oh, no. And that's just not that's good. Not- it's not good at all. She, uh, yeah, she's put me in some awkward positions. Just asking me why people are the way they are. Mm. She's very curious. She wants to know why people are the way they are. Yeah. And so do I. That's why I have a podcast about it. Yeah. But, uh, she, you know, she needs to work on her timing a little bit. <laughs> you <gotta laughs> yeah. schedule these kind Just of personal questions. Wait till we get in the car. <laughs> yeah. Like, 
Dad, why is that guy's belly so big? Yeah. He ate a lot of cupcakes. Yeah. Too many. But, yeah. yeah. I, you know, I've had, well, so that was something that I didn't think that I was going to run into while cleaning toilets. Yeah. Yeah. That's terrible. But it stood out. I needed to vomit one time at an old country buffet. Who hasn't been there? Right. We all. And I was probably eh, seven to nine uh, in that range. And I, you know, I had one good vomit in the hallway and I, everybody knew I wasn't done. And my mom grabbed me and she like ripped me towards the bathrooms and uh, started dragging me into the women's room. And I was fighting with her. I didn't want to go in the women's room. I thought it was weird then. So, I, <laughs> okay, just like, yeah. I, you know, I was vomiting at the time and I had enough of my mental facilities to be like, I shouldn't go in there. That's inappropriate. Yeah. You know, I can go to the men's room. I can vomit in there. But it was the fish. Ew. Yeah, I had two plates of food, and then I felt obligated to have some protein. Yeah. I had basically two plates of, like, bread pudding and, you know, all the all the good stuff from Old Country Buffet. And then I put a piece of fish on there to please the parents, and it tasted <laughs> horrible. It made me vomit. <laughs> you were right in the end not to. Yeah, I okay. know. See, I should have trusted my gut. Yeah. Yeah. You ever vomit in an Old Country Buffet? No. I, I did on the school bus. Mm. Yeah. That's terrible. Uh, once on the too. school bus and then another once on the track bus. You get car sick? Uh, I think I ate too much. Mm. Yeah, I ate too much pizza. Yeah, sports trips, we were always going hog wild Man, on the food. Man, donuts. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, the granola bars with the frosting on them. All kinds of stuff. Oh, yeah. I mean, there was a time when I... If we were going to Safeway, I'm getting a full pie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you walk on there with like a two liter and a, and a foot long. And, and they're like, yep, I'm going to run the 800 today. Yeah. Track is so fun. I, I love that sport. I think it's a blast. I, I, yeah. It's, um, I was going through some of my old photos the other day. And it, and it was really, I don't know, formative. Um, yeah. It's, it's a team sport, but you're competing against yourself. That's what I like about it. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Similar to rowing in that way, uh, like how, you know, you do a lot of training on your own and it's, it I've really appealed to me too. Also, a similar kind of people, the, it seems like the sports that involve just like one movement, a lot of the like kind of more jockey nerds will do those sports. Have you noticed that? Like track, cross country, rowing, golf. There are types. Like, yeah. I think that uh, a lot of, you know, you, when you... Say those sports, you picture a certain person. A different class, not class, but a different, uh, just just a different group, really, than the than the football players or the basketball players. Wrestlers, yeah. Yeah, the culture that surrounds each one of those sports creates a different need for a different type of person. Like, I remember in rowing, the people who were involved in that were, were kind of, you know, subdued bunch more than I would expect from athletes. And it was because, like, they're getting up at 5 in the morning to go row on a dark lake. <laughs> There's very little glory into in, in a sport that nobody really cares about. Um, and it's one of the hardest ones you can do. So it's like, to do that, you, you're just, you're not in it for the attention. It, you're, it's something else. You're looking for something else. And those are a specific kind of people. I remember one time I went fishing really early in the morning on Lake Samish. I think it was oh yeah yeah and it was early morning you know you're like half asleep anyway and uh you the you got the pole and the, you got the line in the water and then i see it, these lights like coming toward me and they're slowly like kind of coming wider and i'm like now i'm the only one out here and like for a minute i'm thinking 
these aliens, like yeah. I'm seeing aliens coming at me, and it was the, it was the crew team. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, you start to hear that. Yeah, I heard the whistle. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep, they make a lot of noise. The coaches are always yelling out there, and the the boats themselves though are so quiet because there's no motor. It's so nice on those really calm mornings when you just hear the glide. But most of the time, it's not like that. Yeah. The yeah. boat's usually like, spam, smash, everything's going all over the place. Every once in a while, you get a, just a glide, though. It's really, it's pretty cool. Yeah. I like a kayak. Kayaks are great. I went on, I went a walk on the port, on the docks the other, yesterday, and um, somebody actually parked their kayak in one of the spaces. <laughs> and it's just like a little kayak next uh-huh. to all these charter boats. Uh, it was a pretty funny photo. Yeah, I bet. <clears throat> so what, what have you done since you've been here? Um, mostly enjoying the fresh air. Oh, yeah. Uh, the air over there is not, um, not the same. Bad air quality bad there? Yeah, they have an air, I haven't like a, you know how you have an app for the weather? I have yeah. an app for the air quality and it will tell you like, oh, today you should wear a, today you should wear a pollution mask or today it's okay. Is it the same mask that you use for COVID? No. You got a separate pollution mask? Um, yeah, I, well, normally I'm just wearing a, uh, a COVID mask lately, but. Do you use an M95? N95? Yeah, N. Uh, yeah, I use a, just a, um, well, actually in, in Thailand, a lot of people are wearing a paper mask and a cloth mask, so double. Double maskers, huh? Yeah. Um, not everybody, but a lot of people. And, and the, um, when you walk into a store, you have to scan your hand or take your temperature someone takes your temperature um no matter what uh, that stuff's great yeah it's easy and if it helps it helps if it doesn't it's not hurting really anything i like those kind of measures yeah um but the air i don't know the air really got a lot clearer it seemed as air traffic and car traffic slowed down uh, it, i don't know it was kind of interesting because now i'm in like a uh changing gears here but now i'm like in a uh destination really i'm, I'm in Bangkok and and there's nobody here. <laughs> mm-hmm. Everybody kind of went home slowly. You realize or you see the rest of the Westerners or the tourists are all going home slowly. And um, and then you kind of felt like uh, all of these really iconic monuments are empty. And you can did did that make you feel like more of a local? No, I make you feel lonely. Maybe a little bit, but it was like, oh, it was a once-in-a-lifetime like thing to see. Like Wat Po was a famous temple, and there's has a lot of beautiful architecture and 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 everything. It's just like it's just breathtaking on a normal day. But then on a normal day, there's like you know people shoving you out of the way, or you are it's just crowded. And mm-hmm. for it to be empty, it was just like it was even more special. Or um, uh, Yarrawat Road on Chinatown. Um, Actually, do you remember American Gangster? Yeah. And do you remember that Denzel part where Denzel is like they're eating on the street and he's like, "I'm going to the jungle. You want to go to the jungle, man? We got tigers and mosquitoes that gonna kill you." And it's like, yeah, that's also that's a spot on Denzel. <laughs> I'm going to the motherfucking jungle. We're in the jungle, you know, eating roaches and whatever that is. That's what he said. But on that scene, they were in this famous road in Bangkok called Yarrawat Road in Chinatown. And that's, that's so cool. And that's how busy it is, like, on a normal day. But to see it, like, empty like that and to stand in the middle of the street and there's no cars coming, it was, I don't know, it was cool. It was special. It was lonely, yeah. but it was special. Yeah, it's so unique. It's mm-hmm. probably it's, it's probably not like that now, huh? It's filled back up. It's, it's, 
it's filled back up a little bit. Yeah, there's Is still it? there was when I left a couple of weeks ago, there was still a curfew, mm. uh, 9 p.m. curfew, but a lot of things had opened up. The temples, the temples. Yeah. So I took a class in college called Southeast Asian Art History, and I knew very little about Thailand at all at the time, other than what I knew from The Hangover 2. And this stuff captivated me. The temples that they had in Thailand and Cambodia and I think just that whole area, Yeah. really, really cool. Have you ever been out to explore them? I, I believe they're Buddhist temples. Is that right? Yeah. Um uh, yeah. Super old. Buddhist temples everywhere. <laughs> um, but, but I mean like these really old, I, I have the book in my house. I should um, grab it. But. You might be thinking of like, are you thinking of like Cambodian or Khmer temples, like sandstone temples? Are they, are they gold or are they stone in your head? I don't know. Stone, old, old stone. Okay. Actually, yeah. yeah. I did visit some historical parks in uh, Isan, like the northeastern uh, part of Thailand. And there are some like Khmer temples. Uh, the one I was went to was called my Historical Park, and then uh, they're just, like, very humbling. You I know? bet. Like, how did people build these things um, Yeah, back in the day? <laughs> when, how when long ago machinery? is back in the day? Like, uh, hundreds of years ago, I thousands even, of years ago? I couldn't even tell you. We should I probably I look it up. Yeah. <laughs> Do that. You know that thing in the episode where you input, input yeah. the thing? Yeah. Ding. Ding. Pimai Historical Park is This la, actually la, would la. be a great episode for that. Pimai Historical Park is one of the largest Hindu Khmer temples in Thailand. It is located in the town of Pimai. It is one of the most important tourist attractions in the Nakhon Ratchasima province. The temple marks one end of the ancient Khmer highway from Angkor in Cambodia, which is just across the border from Thailand. On a side note, if you haven't looked at a map of Southeast Asia, where it shows all the little countries there below China, it's a good idea to pull that up because you're going to see it's it's... A bunch of countries that you've always thought of as far, far away, and they're all just in this little cluster, and it makes it a little bit easier to understand the history of that area. So it is suggested to have been an important city in the Khmer Empire. Most buildings are from the late 11th to 12th century, and even though the Khmer at that time were Hindu, the temple was built as a Buddhist temple. Since the inhabitants of the area had been Buddhist as far back as the 7th century, the first inventory of the ruins was done by French geographer Ayam Monnier in 1901. The site was put under Thai government protection by announcement in the Government Gazette, Volume 53, Section 34, on September 27, 1936. Most of the restorations were done from 1964 to 69 as a joint Thai-French project. The historical park, now managed by the Fine Arts Department, was officially opened on April 12, 1989. Angkor Wat, or Temple City, or City of Temples, is located in northwest Cambodia. This is the one I was actually thinking of. So, not actually Thailand, Cambodia, but very similar area. Very close, they border each other, and they were inhabited by the same peoples, historically. So, Angkor Wat is the largest religious structure in the form of a temple complex in the world, by land area. It measures 162.6 hectares or 401 acres. At the center of the temple stands a collection of four towers surrounding a central spire that rises to a height of 65 meters or 213 feet above the ground. The temple has three rectangular galleries, each raised above the next. It lies within an outer wall 3.6 kilometers long. That's 2.25 miles. 
and a moat surrounds the whole thing that's more than five kilometers or three miles long. That's a long moat. So it's really cool. It's a giant church with a lot of small buildings and they're built in the gallery style. They did not have the ability to do a true arched roof. Um, so the way they're built is smaller rooms connected by open areas. The initial construction and design of the temple took place in the first half of the 12th century. Breaking from the tradition of the previous kings, Angkor Wat was dedicated to Vishnu. Although the temple construction was started as a Hindu temple, in the late 12th century, Angkor Wat gradually transformed from a Hindu center of worship to a Buddhist one, which continues to present day. Much of Angkor Wat fell into disrepair during periods of war and colonization and all the political turmoil that comes along with those things, and the jungle reclaimed it. The vast majority of it was covered. Plants were growing up through the sculptures. It was just a mess. There was monkeys living there. But in the 20th century, a considerable amount of restoration work went into Angkor Wat, and gradually teams of laborers and archaeologists pushed back the jungle and exposed the expanses of sandstone, permitting sun to once again shine through to illuminate the dark corners of the temple and expose some of this beautiful artwork. Angkor Wat caught the attention and imagination of a wider audience in Europe when the Pavilion of French Protectorate of Cambodia, as part of, the, as part of French Indochina, recreated the life-size replica of Angkor Wat during the Paris Colonial Exposition in 1931. Cambodia gained independence from France on November 9, 1953, and has controlled Angkor Wat since that time. It is safe to say that from the colonial period onwards until the site's nomination as a UNESCO World Heritage Site in 1992, this specific temple of Angkor Wat was instrumental in the formation of the modern and gradually globalized concept of built cultural heritage. This temple is a powerful symbol for Cambodia and is a source of great national pride. A depiction of Angkor Wat has been part of the Cambodian national flag since the introduction of the first version, circa 1863. From a larger historical and even transcultural perspective, in December of 2015, it was announced that a research team from the University of Sydney had found a previously unseen ensemble of buried towers, built and demolished during the construction of Angkor Wat, as well as a massive structure of unknown purpose on its south side. The team used LIDAR, ground-penetrating radar, and targeted excavation to map Angkor Wat. The findings also include evidence of low-density residential occupation in the area, with road grid, ponds, and mounds. These indicate that the temple precinct, bounded by a moat and wall, may not have been used exclusively by the priestly elite, as it was originally thought. There are many, many more of these really cool temples, so if you haven't seen them before and you're not aware of them, I highly suggest that you go check them out. They've got some really cool artwork and just really cool culture, so go ahead and check that out. Back to the show. Because I want to I want to add the thing about the, the book. I have this book in my house. I still look at it now because the, the art in it's really cool. But it, it goes all the way from like India through China and all, all kinds of mm -hmm. art. But um, I'll be able to get the names of the ones I'm talking about. Yeah, there are two. Um, the, the two most visited are like the two touristy ones that are also very ancient and significant. The, uh, one of them is called Wat Po. P-H-O. And then one is called Wat Arun, which is the temple of the dawn. Wat means temple, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it, I don't know, it, the, uh, one of them has like the big, the giant reclining Buddha. I think if you've seen like 
a lot of travel shows go there or food shows. I think somebody feed Phil <laughs> st- oh, yeah. stood next to the reclining Buddha. <laughs> Sorry. Um, so well, I have a question. Do you have any idea why Buddha is portrayed as a fat, bald man sometimes in, in, instead of like the traditional with the curls? and? Um, the... Well, I'm no expert, but I believe they're different people. I believe they're different Buddhas. Okay. Um, one was like a uh, prince. Yeah, Siddhartha. Yeah, and then I'm not sure about the other one. I don't know that bald dude. Um, I think, I think, uh, <laughs> I, I think he may be more uh, Chinese Buddhism or like another country's Buddhism. That's what I. Buddhism. That's the impression yeah. I get. Yeah. yeah. Uh, in Thailand, the Buddha's always he's always got like some sick. Yeah, he's hair, quite trim. Hat curls. Yeah, yeah. yeah you know, he's got a. Jesus looks so raggedy sometimes, you know. Like you ever just curves. like, you know, Buddha is very well decorated and very uh, uh, beautiful. And yeah, I think. Yeah, but plain. He's he's not heavily adorned. Oh well, at the temples sometimes he's like wrapped in some silk, like they like put in clothes real, on real him. life yeah. stuff. Yeah, 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 that's that's really cool. Yeah, but Jesus, you know, he doesn't look plain Jane. So uh, plain Jane Jesus. You know, carpenter. he's got like Goodwill clothes on and Didn't he's shave. all dirty and yeah, yeah. He's been doing push-ups in the dirt over there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's uncut, you know. Mm-hmm. But he's ripped. Oh, so <laughs> yeah. He is. He's always is portrayed your, as, as your Jesus is jacked. ripped. Well, yeah. Well, my Jesus is. Yeah, I suppose so. But he's not a big guy. I, I always thought of him as a smaller guy. Okay. That's why it's so impressive. He carried that damn cross. Yeah. You know that thing was heavy. Uh huh. But no, he 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 was a Middle Eastern guy. He was probably dark complected. Probably very hairy. Hairy. I would guess. Yeah, they don't make him hairy enough. No, he's not that hairy usually. Hmm. Like, he should have had hair all over his back. <clears throat> Jesus should always be portrayed with a hairy he back. Yeah, hair of wool, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, And that's feet right. of uh, bronze or copper or something. He was a tan, tan man anyway. with a bunch of, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, the the Buddha thing, I've, I've always wondered that. I should Google it. Um, you're not supposed. One thing I've learned that is that you're not you're not supposed to treat Buddha. Uh, you're not supposed to put him on T-shirts or tattoos, or it's like disrespectful to use him as decoration without recognizing him as what he is. I think that's probably true with any deity. I mean, if you respect him, not to make him into a a joke or or a yeah. caricature, something that other people can look at and be like, "Haha, look at that yeah. silly thing." Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know. I think of like Jesus on the hundred dollar bill with like the grill and the yeah. That's tattoos. probably a good example. That's disrespectful. <laughs> yeah, um, but I don't think Jesus cares. <laughs> Definitely, white Jesus doesn't care. <laughs> they portray him as you know, he's cool with it. He's yeah. cool with everything. Yeah, he's not the fire and brimstone yeah. Jesus. It doesn't make you angry though. Um, I think I think it doesn't uh, make me angry. No, no. I think Thai people would get angry if they saw you with a Buddha tattoo. Yeah, they might, but not as angry as a Muslim who saw you with a Muhammad tattoo. Oh, well, yeah, probably not. I don't that know. would be. I'm not sure. They they are completely against that. That's what's that icon- iconoclast or even yeah drawing any any drawing. Yeah, I'm all for respecting other people's religions. I think that's I think that's pretty important. <laughs> it's I but, agree, but at the same time, not to take your own so seriously. Yeah, because we're all just full of it. We don't know what the hell's going on. It's really nice. I don't know. I've I've um. I've had a own, like, inner. I have my own feelings about Christianity, but I, I you know, I do, I believe that there is a God, but I don't know if that makes me a Christian. Gen, uh, Did you grow up going to church? Not every week. 
But um, occasionally? Occasionally. I did go to Dune's Bible Camp every okay. summer. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you knew the songs. I knew all the songs. I still know the songs, yes. And I don't know. Thailand is very Buddhist. I think it's like 90-something percent Buddhist. It's probably a calm, beautiful place. It, it is. And um, I do live next to a mosque. And to have the, like, to hear the song five times a day uh, from the mosque is beautiful in itself, but it also oh, wait, feels... Mu- do you mean Muslim? Are we talking Muslim or Buddha? And, and Yeah, li- then the mosque that I live next to, like, I, my balcony overlooks this, uh, like, a Muslim neighborhood, and it's got its own mosque, and five times a day they play a song. They pray, oh, yeah, they yeah, pray. yeah. And Once you said the five five times song, the call to prayer. Yeah. That I remembered. Yeah. Um, but it's nice to, even though that's not my religion, it's nice to know that other people are praying near me and they're not the dominant religion either. Yeah. I like seeing it. it the culture is mixing and that kind of stuff. It, it's cool. I it, I do always feel like I'm so much of an outsider that people might not want me to look at their spiritual practice as uh, a novelty. So I would feel weird about going to like a Muslim service or or a Buddhist temple. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Buddhist probably not just because I know that what they're about is just simple. It's not real complex. It's a philosophy. Yeah, way of life. Yeah, it's not necessarily like Christianity or Islam. Like there's a specific way you're supposed to do it. And if you don't do it right, you're going to burn forever. <laughs> it's it's cool high stakes. to see um, in Bangkok, a big city like that. It's, there's a lot of, you'll see a, a Hindu temple here. And then down the street is a, like a Chinese temple. It's very brightly colored. It's got like a lot of art and architecture, and then the, uh, downward there's like a, a mosque with a dome on top, and you know, and then around that is like three golden Buddhist temples. Uh-huh. <laughs> so it's, you know, uh, uh, it's very religious. Like there are, I don't know, everybody mixes, and it's very nice to see such a mixture because I think sometimes we think of America as and and they are they are. But, like, when's the last time you actually talked to a French person? Been a while. <laughs> or, like, somebody with, like, an accent. And and, and I find that in, in Bangkok, there's a lot of people that come from other places. Mm-hmm. It's one of those cities that just draws people in from everywhere. Yeah, it could be that I'm stuck in the expat bubble, too, or something. But Yeah, um, could be. We find each other, I guess. Yeah. I do have friends. You were asking me. I have, yeah, I have yeah. friends. <laughs> I'm part of this group. There's like a, I'm part of this group, it's called Ebony Expats. Uh, hey, Ebony Expats. Shout out Ebony Shout, Expats. Um, but yeah, it's just a, a you know, a black people living abroad, um, just like out there, you know. What What's the black population like in Thailand? I don't have a specific figure for you, but it, I'd say it's more than you think. I mean, there's like hundreds of people, hundreds of black Africans and Americans um, and uh, British people all coming together, just like having that sort of common need to identify with somebody. Like, I don't know, the first question is always like, I just got here. Where do I buy hair products? Where do I get my hair done? And we have those answers <laughs> as a group of us. It's, it's basically, it's a big group chat, but there's also like a, there's a new, a brand new app for it too. So they're getting sophisticated with it as like an organization. Cool. Yeah, it's nice to have people that are like you, who you can just group up with and share information. Yeah. You guys ever just hang out? Do you meet them in real life? Yeah, sometimes. That's cool. Um, I think, uh, well, I haven't gotten to a lot of the gatherings lately, but I know people got together for, like, uh, Friendsgiving 
Um, mm-hmm. You know, because I don't know, Thanksgiving is an American holiday and they don't celebrate it over there. So we have a, a Friendsgiving. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. Do you cook? I, I, I tried, man. Um, uh, I don't know. I'm still getting used to it. I don't know how I'm going to. I don't know what I'm going to do this year. Um, I'll tell you, the first year I went, um, I went to KFC thinking that I was going to get a bunch of biscuits. Mm-hmm. And I, in Thailand, I guess they don't do biscuits at KFC, but I didn't what? know that. They don't do biscuits at KFC in Thailand. I would have been outraged. I was confused. It's not KFC then. I was generally like, what, what, do, you, what do you do then? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, I showed them pictures on my phone, like bread, and I'm using all the words I know how to, and they like they didn't know what I was talking about. So um, I went down the street and I found a cart that had like some dim sum, steamy buns with like the meat inside of them. This wet biscuit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like this is not the same. <laughs> and um, and I got a rotisserie chicken because a turkey will cost you like two hundred dollars over there, and I got. I think I bought a fried fish from like a street cart, and uh, oh, I did get mashed potatoes from KFC. So I assembled my Thanksgiving oh, yeah. dinner. Coleslaw? Piece by piece. Did they have coleslaw? It seems uh, like they wouldn't if they don't have biscuits. I don't. I don't think so. No, I don't. Coleslaw really seems coleslaw. strikes me as very much like a. Oh, well, I don't know. Where does coleslaw come from? It's like picnic food. Yeah. Yeah. You like coleslaw? I like. Uh, I like the vinegary slaw. I don't like the mayonnaise slaw. I like I like it if it has cranberries in it. Okay. It's good. Raisins? No. They're cranberry raisins. Okay. Basically the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever had broccoli salad with, with raisins in it? Yeah. The raisins are the worst part. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, it's really just broccoli with some raisins and I think mayonnaise also. There's oh. a lot of weird salads. <laughs> You want to get into salad? Let's talk about salad. <laughs> What's your favorite salad? Uh, I think favorite salad would have to be, uh, oh, I, crispy chicken Caesar is pretty good. Um, okay. What's your favorite salad? Um, there's a, well, there's a lot of Thai salads, actually. Um, oh, yeah. And th- I don't know if she's, if they're not represented very well on the American Thai restaurant menu. I imagine most me. Thai food isn't. Very uh, close. Right, but they they make it okay. So um, papaya salad, I like it. It's called Ooh, samtam. That sounds great. And it's spicy, uh, like slivers of uh, green papaya and um, uh, chilies and like lime and fish sauce and like dried shrimp and peanuts. That sounds great. Okay, yeah. I was I was worried I was gonna lose you at the fish sauce. Fish sauce is something that I had to come to terms with because they put it in everything. Yeah. Anything good. Yeah. Like yeah. Thai food has a lot of it. Yeah. And it's really common. Uh, it sounds gross, but I take fish oil. It smells gross. Never hurts me. It looks gross. Yeah, but it tastes It tastes good. delicious, yeah. yeah. Same with anchovy paste. When I find out, found out they put that in Caesar dressing, I was like, that's disgusting. <laughs> yeah. I, how could I never know this? Yeah. But what do you mean it's delicious. Fish and Caesar salad. Yeah. I've never eaten an anchovy in my life plain, and I've bought them several times. Not on pizza? I what about pizza? You. No, I don't think I have. That's something that I just saw on TV and on cartoons and shit, but I never see people order that in real life. I think they're good on pizza. I bet they are. I've heard they're delicious. Mm-hmm. I really want to eat them because I, they're really good for you, very high in omega-3s and omega-6s. 
they smell like shit. Mm. And I, they look <laughs> fucking gross. It's like, this looks like something I should be throwing away. Yeah. I don't want to eat this. Yeah. Actually, you know, when I moved to the desert, I got, I developed like a twitch in my eye, mm-hmm. my right eye here. And I, um, I believe it was because I was low on magnesium because I had been raised on such a high seafood diet my whole life. Oh, wow. That's what I, I mean, that's what I believe. Uh-huh. <laughs> because anytime I do eat more seafood after that, the it instantly uh, is better or it goes away. Wow. Mm-hmm. I bet there's something to that for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you get used to a certain level of nutrients and no matter what it is too. It's like people who get raised on junk food feel really crappy when they first start eating healthy. Yeah. But the, it goes away. Yeah. Yeah. What's your favorite kind of seafood? Mm, I love it all. I love oysters, salmon, sturgeon, every anything everything that we have here. Yeah, everything we, we have, have some great food here. Crab. I married into a fishing family, uh, so I my dreams have come true. I get to eat Wait, seafood. Wait, did your boy come back? Did Sawyer yeah, come back? Yeah, he How's came he back. Doing? He loved it. For those of you who are not aware, my son recently spent six weeks in Alaska fishing on Bristol Bay with his papa. He had a great time. I mean, he, it was hard. I tried to get him to come on here and talk about it, but he's clammed up. Didn't want to talk about it. He's not very talkative on the podcast. Okay. It was, it was good. He was gone for six weeks, and he made, made good money and worked really hard, and he's back. It was probably a good experience overall, and I'm glad we let him do it. So great. Yeah, his his mom's happy to have I went him crabbing once. Oh, yeah? It was like a day trip crabbing. Um, mm-hmm. And I was like, I wasn't but like eight years old. And it was my mom's birthday, and we went out on, I forget the name of the boat, but I had just had to be involved. Like I had to be counting crab or measuring crab. And then by the end of it, I was like throwing pots and pulling pots. And then and, and the guys were like, who is this little girl <laughs> in my way? But she's like helping. You were on a commercial boat? No, it was a charter. It was like a day charter. Oh, okay. Yeah. That sounds like fun. I watched that show, Battlefish, though. Did you see that? I, I saw your watches all those, all oh. those shows. So Because they were it. some boats here in Iwako. Really? Like, on the show, yeah. Oh, is that the tuna one? Yeah. 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 No, that <laughs> the was tuna good. one. Yeah, I love that we're on TV now. It's cool. <laughs> when like, did this we're happen? We're just talking about it with your mom, and yeah. like, it's all of a sudden. You, oh, there's the game cops on TV, and oh yeah, the the fish and wildlife. Yeah, the, they got a show. Yeah, I forget what it's called, but yeah, yeah, it's like hey, that's Big Paul. <laughs> I think he was on there. I think you're right. Yeah, yeah, it's neat. So, and there's a lot. There's a lot about this place to love that people would be interested in. Yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah. Have you have you heard of this book called Deep River? No. It's about this area. This like uh, took place a long time ago. It's about like logging camps in. It's called Deep River, but it's not actually about Deep River, which is confusing. But the it's about basically the Nacelle River, uh, <clears throat> and the surrounding area. But it's cool, and it's got a lot of local history stuff in there. I read Our Only May Amelia when I was a kid. Yeah, I named my daughter after that book. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah, it's one of one of my favorite books because it's around here. It's yeah. really cool. Yeah. They talk about a school being on an island in that book, and they call it Baby Island in the book. But what we've always called Baby Island is technically, technically called Round Island. Do you know what Baby Island I'm talking about? No. So if you're driving like, 
towards nacelle like the north to the north not not going like fast towards astoria way okay but if you just keep going past the bridge no no the other way okay so like i'm terrible with directions it doesn't matter there's an island there's an island out there okay and i thought there was a school on it because in the book they talk about the school on baby island and i found out later that it's they called baby island something completely different which was on the other side up the nacelle river so like around out of the bay and into the river and now it's just like a big swamp so you can't see anything there but i love looking at maps and and seeing like okay so if in the book they're talking about this was here then and she got on a boat and paddled to it so it would have had to have been far enough here but it's impossible to know if it's fictionalized or what like in free willy when the kid rides his bike like 80 miles (laughs) from he's like he in in like 10 minutes yeah um (laughs) because he like gets on his bike in astoria and then he's in seaside this is bullshit or the goonies when they same deal go down into a cave somewhere yeah yeah yeah. and it popped out yeah maybe i'm even thinking about the goonies i fucking hate the goonies really yeah Yeah, because everybody loves it so much okay we're going on record ladies and gentlemen i'm so sorry jeff nesbitt hates the goonies well i blame brian bergman (laughs) okay the band teacher what he ever do to you well let me explain okay i'm listening did you ever take band i did he brian bergman's the best i played the clarinet Mm. did you like it i did you still play no. You didn't like it that much? No. No. <laughs> well, okay, so the uh, band was at the same time as a uh, newspaper. That's uh, oh. the Golden Eye newspaper at the mm-hmm. time, or yearbook, or whatever journalism-related class it was, so I had to make a you choice. You did all those, right? Yeah. 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 I had to make a choice at the time, so I, I quit band, and I started my career. I quit band to do weights class. Oh, okay. yeah. Uh, which paid off. That's why I'm so jacked. <laughs> I'm scared of you. <laughs> and you are actually a journalist now, so it's probably a good move. <laughs> you lift weights. You got. I, I saw I, weights. I'm still trying to learn. I'm still trying to learn. Okay, well, we all learning. No, I know. I just, I, I just visited Jeff Hilton right before we did this, so I, I'm feeling particularly small today. Oh. Um, have you seen his Facebook or anything lately? Um, the I, guy's enormous. Uh, yeah, I saw a photo that it actually. I'm not sure. It looked like he pissed himself. I'm not sure. Like he was lifting something and he could have just been really sweaty. He gets real focused. <laughs> like, he gets real focused on what he's doing. You never know. Yeah. So, shout out Jeff. Shout out Jeff. He doesn't listen to the podcast. <laughs> yeah, he does. No, he doesn't. Yes, he does. No, he really doesn't. Um, but that's neither here nor there. Okay. Uh, we Brian Bergman. Berg- mm. For some reason, he had things going on in his personal life or, or he had doctor's appointments, whatever it was. It was uncalled for, and he had subs come in sometimes into band class. And these subs only had access to one film. And every time we had a sub basically for like four years, we watched The Goonies. And I got to where I just couldn't stand the sight of, of that movie. Not one frame of it. I hate it. <laughs> And people still love it, and that's fine. I love that they love it. It's fine. I don't care, but I don't love it. Mm. But I still can, you know. I can respect the local, the local treasure that the Goonies is. Um, but I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be seen it too many times. It's whoa, way too many. I feel that way about the Princess Bride. I think there oh, was I a love that movie. someone, but yeah, there was a, a we watched that who in band. It. Yeah, yeah. Was, that was also okay. Maybe also meant Big Fat Greek Wedding, until somebody. <laughs> told their mom and their mom freaked out they're like that's filth i don't want my oh, yeah. daughter watching that filth um i couldn't I'm, watch anymore then it was goonies all, all the time oh yeah i think that happened with harry potter once in a class of ours really? too yeah 
kind of parent does that? It's just. I can see. I, I can see at your own home being like, you know, I don't want my eight-year-old watching a rated R movie. I can see that. I don't agree with it, but I can see it. But you're gonna call the school? Like, <laughs> God, get a life, get a job, <laughs> do something else, read a book. Speaking of which, you read any good books lately? <laughs> I'm, right now, uh, I'm reading "Romancing Mr. Bridgerton." <laughs> I'm almost hmm, embarrassed to steamy. say that. Is, what is that? A uh, romantic novel? You seen Bridgerton? No. On Netflix. Mm-mm. Okay. Well, I recommend it. Well, give me a little synopsis. It's like some of those old period pieces. Like if you ever seen Pride and Prejudice, uh, it's it's old British theme surroundings mm. but I, i'm losing you but the queen there's a queen it's there's like there's a very diverse cast like oh. it's an interracial love story and nobody tells you that when they tell you to watch bridgerton the queen is black there's like black I feel like royalty that would really sell it these days. i know i was like <laughs> i didn't watch it for a long time and then i was like wait the queen is uh looks like me and mm-hmm. so nobody told me that before that actually sounds okay and there it's kind of it is a little steamy it's very steamy actually and on uh it's on netflix so, so it's like that Jane Austeny type of stuff, but freshened up. Yeah, yeah. It's um, okay. it's Shonda Rhimes. Oh. Shonda Rhimes. Yeah, Shonda Land. What is it? What has she made? She's something trendy. Grey's Anatomy. Grey's Anatomy. Um, yep. Scandal, I think. Okay, so it's All a drama. Yeah. Drama. Cool. Yeah, but it's based on books that are written by an author named Julia Quinn, and so now I'm reading the books. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Are yeah. they good? Uh, yeah, it's good. It's not like, you know how, um, uh, some of Jane Austen stuff is just like difficult to read because it's so old. All of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like that. It's, it's today. It's today English. Yeah. That's cool. But you still get that kind of like, I don't know. I still read it with a British accent in my head. Oh, you got to. Yeah. 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 Do you do audiobooks? No, no. I do a lot of audiobooks. They're so much better for me than actual reading because I'm, I guess, a slow reader. Mm. I didn't realize it, but I must have gotten slower. I, I read in my head now slower than a speaking voice. <laughs> like, and it doesn't make any sense because I don't feel like I'm doing that. I, when I was younger and I was trying to power through books quickly, I would, I would read at probably twice as fast as I would read out loud. So if, if I really want to learn something really, really well, I would read it out loud to myself. Yeah. And that way I would hear it and you know, just make it more reinforced in my head. But it took so much more time. For some reason now, it's the opposite. I was like, if I want to get through something fast, I'll just listen to it be read to me. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, and if I sit down to read it myself, I'm like, I've been reading for 45 minutes. I'm only four and a half pages down. What the, what the hell's going on? And I don't know. It's, it's just not as good anymore. The technology surpassed me. My eyes are worse. My brain is slower. It's just like, <laughs> Getting old sucks, doesn't <laughs> yeah, it? I guess so. <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna. Yeah, I'm gonna turn thirty, and I'm not excited about it. Wow, that's crazy. You guys always feel like you're so young, and you're, <laughs> you're not that young anymore. It's bizarre. Like people who are young adults were born in the two thousands. Yeah, yeah, uh, and you know, I think I've I've lived abroad two and a half years now, and it doesn't feel that long to me. But I come. I thought back you were on and, vacation. I know, but I come back, and people got. Whole kids walking around talking. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> oh, know? that didn't even exist when you left. <laughs> no, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's got to be bizarre. It is weird, yeah. Yeah. Do you have any nieces or nephews? Oh, tons, yeah. So I'm my mother's only child, but my dad has five other kids, and I'm the youngest, and 
yeah, every, everyone has their own families. And, yeah, so I'm like the crazy uh, aunt. I'm also the lightest one. So I'm like like the crazy light-skinned aunt. <laughs> um, uh, they can't really figure out, like, why I'm so weird or different. And I, can't, I honestly can't tell them, but I have uh, fun and I sneak them money and prizes or something when I, nobody's looking but oh the fun aunt's the best yeah you know you gotta you gotta have the fun aunt yeah i get to be a fun uncle yeah it's nice too i like that a lot my nieces and nephews are really they're just cool people i enjoy their company man <clears throat> it's uh wet today yeah did you know we have mold in our lungs um i heard that on cooper's episode yeah right Yes. And that was an excellent guest, if I can say so. Like, I haven't, I remember, you know, you like remember some of these people you've had on the show, and you're like, oh, wow, you know, whatever happened to, or like, I hadn't heard from Cooper in a long time. So it was cool. Yeah, his was great. I hadn't seen him either. Mm -hmm. I enjoyed getting to catch up with him, and he just happened to have a great story on top of it. So (laughs) I was real stoked about that episode. That was cool. Oh, you guys talked about your balls like so much in that episode. It was very, very testicle heavy. Yeah. I got a breast reduction. Really? Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. So if I may talk about my breasts. I, I don't <laughs> I never know I never know what I'm supposed to do in the moment after a woman tells me she had her breasts surgically changed. Are you supposed to look if at that moment I feel like a glance <laughs> it would be it'd be weird not to. I'm gonna look. They look great. <laughs> okay, thanks. Nice job. I don't remember what they looked like before, but they were I'll, large. I'll, you know, I assume they were big. Very, very big, yeah. Yeah. Um, so how come you did that? Uh, well, mostly out of like discomfort, and um, I was they were having some big. back pain. They were too big. So had, you're you're relieved. I had mom boobs, and I was not a mom. Mm. Yeah, and uh, it, I don't know. Come to find out that it's very affordable to do in Thailand, and it's uh, uh, like one of those. It's one of those places where people go. Like somebody will disappear for a summer, and then they come back with a facelift, and you're like, "Where did you go?" And you're like, "Oh, I was in oh yeah, I've heard India that. or Thailand or something yeah. like that." Is a uh, yeah, uh, medical tourism is the that's term. that's what it's called. Yeah, that's really cool. So uh, I don't know. It was it, it cost altogether like seven thousand U.S. dollars. That's a great deal. And and I got to stay in the hospital for like two nights and wow. it was a luxury it was a very nice hospital cool uh, i got my own room and everything so i, I don't know it's something that i had like always wanted to do and then the pandemic happened and then i was working from home and then for a, a few months actually there was like n- there were like no reported cases of covid in thailand so i just figured this is the time <laughs> like i had this struck the by the iron's yeah, high yeah so that's cool what was the recovery like for that uh i took like 10 days off of work and I was still a little maybe tired or drowsy when I went back, but it was very. I was working from home anyway when I went back, and um, and you just have, you just got to be patient with your exercise and your healing, I guess. But yeah, I mean, I feel a lot better. I'm glad I did it, and every woman I talk to is like so satisfied with what they with when they did it too. So mm-hmm. yeah, and That's cool. I think a lot of. It's it's more common than you think. I also had a big lump um, in my right breast that Ooh. was about the size of an olive or a grape. Uh-huh. Um, and I'd had it for a while, but it was, like, starting to get bigger. And Had you um, had it checked out? Yeah, I'd had it um, biopsied and looked at, and it wasn't, like, it wasn't cancerous. But what do they call it? It was, like, a fibroadenoma, I think it was oh. called. And I think they're semi-common, but... Still not something you want. It was uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and it was in a place where you could like really feel it. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
Yeah, I asked them, like, yo, just take that out, too, when you're in there. Yeah, good thinking. Get it all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that stuff is freaky. The the breast tissue being the cancer attractor that it is, it, yeah. Yeah, I always had a big chest, big bust. And it was like, you know, being a track runner, it made it uncomfortable or, mm-hmm. like, people, like— People kind of assume that you're, like, slutty just because you have big boobs or, like, old men look at you because they think that you're older than you are. It's just, like, it's not a good—it didn't make for fun teenage years, and it doesn't make for fun shopping or, like, fun dressing or anything. I think about that because of my daughters, and I have a daughter just entering those years where she's going to start getting that kind of attention from men, and the thought is not a pleasant one because it just—it's—honestly, it's it's a strange— thing to think about because it makes me feel kind of like angry and there's no one to be angry at at least not yet but you just I just you know how things go you know how men are and it's not that the men are choosing to notice girls because they're developed early but they do still and it just makes me feel murderous rage <laughs> <laughs> yeah you just want to torch everything yeah have you done that thing i haven't um experienced this myself but i hear that um a lot of ladies or the uh fathers will take their daughters out on a date oh yeah for sure to um show them yeah i know exactly what you're talking about yeah. i i should do that we i i love going out with and taking my girls or whoever really i love going out to eat but especially with my daughters for some reason because it just feels special yeah. i just like making those memories and, of course, my son, too. But we hang out differently. But when I go with, out with girls, we do daddy-daughter days pretty frequently. And it, it's a lot of fun. But we go out to eat and that normally. But I think to do it up and dress up and go out and do a really nice thing, that would be actually really fun. Yeah. And, and kind of a special thing. I'm going to have to steal that idea and do it before it's too late. Right. She's, she's growing up so fast. Yeah. It's the time, you know. You think you'll have kids? No. Never? No. Never. How come? I just am terrified of it. It is <laughs> terrifying. I'm afraid of what it's going to do to my body, what it's going to do to my career, my dreams. Um, I don't know. I just I always have this conversation with my mother the other day. Like when we were kids or like, you know, when they sat us down in the auditorium and we watched the movie of like, you know, the, the sex Oh, where they talk. split up the boys and girls. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know. I came away with the message that as soon as you get pregnant, your life is over. Or like, you know, uh, you got to drop it. You know, it's not going to go the way you want it to go. Um, the mom pays a price. Yeah. No matter yeah. what. And that, that I really carried that um, with me. And I still feel that way today, even though I'm probably capable. And now is the time is fast approaching if I should want to. But I just don't. I don't feel the urge. Yeah. I think more power to you. I think any choice that somebody wants to make in that way is the right choice. Like, if you want to reproduce, you should. And if you don't, then you definitely shouldn't. <laughs> yeah. Like, you shouldn't be having babies out of obligation. Yeah. Like, no. No. Yeah. It's, it is a lot of work, and it's, it's, it's a major investment. But also, like you said, the mom is the one who really pays the major price. <laughs> yeah. The dad is allowed a little bit more choice. A, a lot of dads don't stay. Yeah. And that's... That's the sad truth. Um, it has never looked easy, and no one has ever made it sound easy or fun, <laughs> frankly. It's not easy, but it is fun. It's, I'm sure it looks fun sometimes. You know, I I stop and I marvel at a cute baby from time to time. You know, I don't hate them. But yeah. just The amount of work that's in between all the magical moments is intense. Exactly. But those magical moments are pretty profound yeah. when they come. They're, too, yeah. they're very special. Yeah. Those 
those daddy daughter days are fun. Even drive my kids to school, even drop them off and stuff. That stuff is it's pretty fun. But not all of it. Waking up in the middle of the night to a toddler standing in the dark. Wiping asses. Wiping asses is the least of my worries. It's, uh... Cleaning up vomit out of carpets. <laughs> that's the worst. That's almost as bad as cleaning up a toilet at a state fair. Yeah. I'd say that's worse because it's, you know, that's in your house. Yeah, but it's not a stranger's. True. <laughs> well, it's been two hours. It do you is. want Before we get out of here, do you want to make any shout-outs or, or do any announcements? I don't know. I just want to uh, thank anyone for listening. And, um, you know, if I didn't come to see you personally, please don't take it the wrong way. I just um, I wanted to say hello to everybody virtually. She's a, a journalist. She's I'm a very busy. person. She's, she's a very, <laughs> very busy journalist. So you know what? She has a master's degree. Leave her alone. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. And leave Jeff alone too, all y'all. Yeah. You're okay, Jeff. I don't care Thank what anybody you. says about you. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming. This has been a blast, and I'll talk to you next time. When is on your next planned trip? I don't know. Hopefully next year. Next year. Yeah. Come on back and do another episode. Okay. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Ramble by the River. If you did, head on over to Apple Podcasts or Spotify and leave a review and a rating. If you want more Ramble by the River, go on over to patreon.com slash river and subscribe for exclusive content. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll talk to you next week. Say it with your chest now, say it with your chest now.